What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. High quality rip. Are we free? Probably not. And while you think that, it was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking The freaks are liking it already. If you watch the live stream, you like it. Cash App can help you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets. If you so please, Cash App makes it easy to do all this. Sats are the standard within the app. We're not talking bits. We're not talking whole Bitcoins. We're talking sats. You bits, bitches. Get out of here, okay? <laughs> Cash App. Sats is the standard. Download the app if you haven't already. Use the code StackingSats. It's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Right down the hall. I don't know how many... Am I going to say this like every Unchained ad now? They're literally right down the hall. I see Unchained people all day. Our oldest sponsor. Good friends. Making incredible products, more importantly. Some of the best in the space. Leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties in this is very evident in their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig. You hold two keys. Unchained holds one key. You always have control over your sats within that vault. Uh, however, if you're ever in a pinch, you only have one of your keys and you need somebody to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum, Unchained is there to be that second key. Collaborative custody. It's here to help you eliminate single points of failure. If you have all your coins on an exchange, if you have all your coins, you have multiple coins, you're, you're doing well out there. If you have all your sats on an exchange, uh, if you have them all in a single sig wallet, those are single points of failure. Help distribute that risk via an Unchained collaborative custody vault if you tell Unchained the TFTC sent you and you go engage in their white glove concierge service you're going to get $50 off the package and the package includes multiple video conference calls to get you comfortable with the vault with multi-sig with Unchained they're going to send you hardware wallets they're going to get it all set up they're going to set up your vault they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it and you're going to be happy because you know that you're engaged in a collaborative custody model and your sats are secure your security model is distributed it's robust. Unchained's providing that. Go check it out. Unchained.com. Check out everything they have going on. This room is also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. 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 Ooh, car. I've actually got to pull up. Uh, we got new Brains ad. Like Brains is the team behind Slush Pool. The oldest uh, Bitcoin mining pool in existence. Uh, they're they're also the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which helps you stack more sats with your hash. If you have a mining model that is compatible with Brains and you're not using it, you're leaving sats on the table. And I'm here dragging out this ad read because I'm looking for the latest models, which they added. They had a firmware update to the Brains OS Plus firmware recently. Uh, they released firmware for the Amminer S19, S19 Pro, T19, S19 J Pro. For instructions on how to get the firmware, go to Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Click the Brains OS Plus in the top menu, then click Download Now button and select Antminer X19 from the options. Also, be sure to check out the research report on the impact of temperature on X19 efficiency, which you can find at the Brains blog. The S19J is coming soon, TM, along with general improvements for all X19 models and extending the support for more control board variations, the what's minor M20s and M21s are also being upgraded soon TM to very soon TM. Uh, Brains OS Plus runs from an SD card on X19, so it doesn't leave any traces on the hardware if you remove the SD card and therefore won't break the warranty. Very important for you miners out there. 
All you people who aren't miners, like, what the hell? Like, get into mining, you'll figure it out. If you want to get unique insights on the Bitcoin mining industry, along with updates on Brains OS Plus, Stratum V2, and other Brains projects, check out the Brains blog at brains.com slash blog and follow the lesser known at Brains underscore systems Twitter account, where the team is posting deep dive threads on various mining topics. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle, 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 Hoddle is here to bring you a non custodial lending platform. It's a uh, so if you have Bitcoin, you need liquidity and you're comfortable with stablecoin liquidity, what you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a two or, th- two or three multi-sig escrow account on HODLHODL. You go to lend.hodlhodl.com to find this marketplace. You put your Bitcoin in this escrow uh, as collateral. You have one key, your counterparty in the, tr- the loan has a key and HODLHODL has the third key. This is beautiful. You don't have control. You can't move the sats in and out of the wall because I want to make any fucking sense for this loan agreement. However... Since you have a key, you have visibility in the wallet, you know your stats aren't moving and being rehypothecated. As long as you're paying back your loan plus the interest associated with it, you're going to get your stats back at the end of that loan. Alternatively, if you have a bunch of stable coins laying around and you want to get yield on those, you can enter the other side of that marketplace. Uh, you put your stable coins up to a Bitcoiner who's using Bitcoin as collateral, looking for liquidity, you give them your stable coins and they pay you back plus interest. It's a beautiful thing. Go check all of it out at lend.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rip was also brought to you by good friends at Bitcoin 2022. It's the largest Bitcoin event in the world and it takes place April 6th to the 9th in Miami Beach, Florida. All four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day. For enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem, days two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador President Nayib Bukele was promised a big surprise, a big surprise, as well as CEOs like Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Mallers, Adam Back, and hundreds more, including Marty Bent, CEO of TFTC.io. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner, Logic. Steve Aoki is going to be there. If you like cake thrown in your face, I don't know why you would, but some of you do, you weirdos. Steve Aoki is going to be there and he's famous for throwing cake at people. CL, I don't even know who they are. Run the Jewels, San San Holo, Dead Mouse, who I do know, oldie but a goodie. And many more. Last year's conference sold out, and this year's is on pace to be three times larger. So make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.t slash conference to learn more. Pay in Bitcoin to save and use promo code TFTC for 10% off. And I will see you in Miami. I'll be on stage. Matt will be there. uh, And we'll both be uh, doing a live rabbit hole recap as well. Again, b.tc slash conference. Use the code TFTC for 10% off. Enjoy this rip. It was a good one. I gotta go. I love all y'all. Thank you. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Matt, you know the, uh, the best way to decorate your laptop? It's not stickers. It's uh, your son's uh, pencil drawings on the back of your laptop. This is, what, this is my decoration this week. My son got a hold of a I pencil. I can't see. Can you hold it closer to the camera?
It's beautiful. What an artist. When NFT? Ooh, that's a good question. Somebody screenshot that. Uh, NFT it. Uh, yeah, this is no stickers. Just have your son get a pen. He he actually wrote on the inside of my laptop too. So there's pencil between the keyboard. It won't come <laughs> off. It won't come off. So, well, when he gets a little bit older, he's gonna switch to Sharpie. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you we got we got on the the ultra washable markers. That's been our morning activity this week. Is his markers on a on a on a wide open canvas. It's fun. He can't draw for shit though. It looks terrible, but we tell him it looks good. <laughs> we tell him it looks good. It makes him happy. Sub Freaks is right. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. What a week. We're here a little early today. I've got to head to Houston uh, for the Bitcoin meetup in Houston. And that is a three hour drive from Austin, where I'm sitting now in the the new Bitcoin Commons studio. Matt. Is car is car going with you? I don't believe so, Car. You're not going to Houston tonight. Uh, we got a lot of pleb lab stuff. Yeah, car, carbs. Look, guys, just car's got pleb stuff. Yeah, we could hear him. I thought I said car. I almost said carb. I was I was combining car and pleb. Um, yeah. So I'll be I'll be making that round trip. We're here in the Bitcoin Commons. The energy is high here. We've got these nice chairs. What do you think of the chairs? I dig the chairs. I have similar chairs in front of my fireplace. Yeah. Well, you need to get that. Like, We're classing it up. No more like computer chairs. Let's get the leather chairs. This chair is so comfortable. Maybe we should, we, should, we should be recording in front of your fireplace as well. It's not really like a good... I've thought about it. Okay. I've considered it freaks. Okay. I will continue to consider it. All right. I have a studio here too. I just get the bits over sats off the screen car. I don't want to see that shit. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. There's like real shit going on and people are just having a stupid argument about bits. It's just not even going to like do use what you want to use. People can use what they want to use. It's just a waste of time. It is. You have free will. Um, I'm guilty for uh, appeasing the, the stupid, uh, Car, no more, no more of the sats or bit stuff. Um, there is serious stuff to talk about. A lot going on. We're currently sitting at $36,085 according to Clack's Darsh, that dashboard, dashboard. I can't speak today as usual. One cock buck is going to get you 2,771 sats. The current market cap of Bitcoin is 683.5 billion cock bucks. We are currently at block height 720,632. We difficulty adjustment happened between uh, last week and this week. We had an upward difficulty adjustment of 9.3%, which took us to a new difficulty all-time high of 26.6 trillion. We are currently you know Twitch. You know Twitch has bits integrated. Why? Why? I thought we weren't talking about this. They have. Uh, I thought we weren't talking about you. You're going to interrupt have, me while I'm going through the dashboard talking about the all-time high difficulty. They have a, they have a shit t- point. They have an integrated, uh, <laughs> an integrated token called uh, Bits on uh, on Twitch. It's like their, it's their Fortnite V Bucks. Yeah. So anybody pushing Bits is a shit coiner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the dumbest argument to me is the you know, uh, Sats aren't. They're they're too too small of a denomination. Like that is just a you're just being way too bearish if that's if that's your concern. Just yeah. like lower your time preference a little bit, please, please. Very very high time preference. Uh, thinking that sats are too. Sorry small for interrupting you. I was just reading the chat and 
That's There's okay. a lot of bits for a chat. Like, look at you. Look at you reading the chat. All these bits <laughs> are shit coiners. Funny, funnily enough, uh, before you interrupted me, we were 1,096 <laughs> blocks away from the next difficulty retarget. But now we're only 1,095 blocks away. There was a block mined between uh, the first time I started reading this and the second time. Uh, New difficulty all time high. New difficulty all time high. We're estimated to have the next retarget on February 3rd. The day after Groundhog's Day, which has no significance, is probably one of the worst <laughs> holidays, if you even consider is, it a holiday. Is Groundhog's yeah. Day always February 2nd? Yes, yes. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Or is it like the first Tuesday of February or something? Yeah. Um, stop bringing... Car, you got to stop bringing up the comments in the middle of the... Like, I can't how'd answer you, these questions I, right now. How did um, you know... How do you know... How do you know Groundhog's Day... When Groundhog's Day was, I don't like. I don't, it's a. Well, I'm from Pennsylvania, and that's a big. It's, Pennsylvania it's a big. Hol- it's a big holiday in, Punks, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Punxsutawney Phil. That's where it happens in Pennsylvania. Maybe that's why I never knew. I thought everybody was just uh, very aware of Groundhog's Day. Um, you just like you said it so confidently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, like, no, it's February second every year. The Bent, actually, the Bent family is super excited for Groundhog's Day no, 2022. I, we, we hate it, uh, but if you do. Go to Penn State is actually like when you're a junior, senior. Apparently, it's a fun trip. I believe my my wife did it once. I know a couple of my cousins have made it. You do. You you drive overnight from uh, college, college town, wherever Penn State is, to where Punxsutawney Phil lives. Really unique name they came up with. That's (laughs) actually the name of the town. I don't think it, I forget what it is. You think they like workshopped that, or that was just the first one they came up with? Probably. But enough about this stupid groundhog. <laughs> He'll come out. Probably won't see a shadow. We'll have six more weeks of winter. And then we'll have a difficulty retarget the next day uh, if everything remains somewhat static between now and then. And as of right now, that difficulty retarget is estimated to be a negative 3.5% downward adjustment. And that is because blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 22 seconds on average, since the last retarget, which was less than a thousand blocks ago, nine hundred and eighty-nine blocks ago, you think uh, there's like an alternate history <laughs> where Bitcoin's difficulty <laughs> adjustment was based on whether or not a groundhog saw its shadow? Uh, I hope so. I think that would be a funny alternate reality. My wife's texting me. She went to Penn State. It's State College. She's very angry at me right now. Wait, wait. The town name is State College. Yes. Yes. That's Thanks. even worse. <laughs> it's like the state college is in that Penn State, Pennsylvania State University, State College. But like when you're writing out the address, you're like, if you're <laughs> for like dorm or something, you, you like put the dormitory, Penn State, comma, State College, Pennsylvania, zip code. What the fuck? Yeah. Hey, Pennsylvania, the, the, the Dutch were very, very simple people, you know, Dutch Quakers, just like, all right, what are we doing here? Shout out to William Penn, Pennsylvania, Penn's Woods. We're learning every something new every week on Rabbit Hole Recap. Like when Groundhog Day is. <laughs> uh, Samurai Whirlpool has 4,412.59 Bitcoins in unspent capacity. That is 159.7 billion cuck bucks worth of liquidity or unspent Yeah, value. everyone focused on bits versus sats when the real argument should be bitcoins versus bitcoin. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fighting the real fight here on <laughs> RHR. And I have been embroiled in a battle for quite some time. But as we mentioned, 
There's some pretty Marty's heavy. Objectively wrong. <laughs> There's some pretty heavy shit going on right now. This uh, we're getting another uh, the way Coin Center describes it, ostensibly uh, a a must pass bill in the America Competes Act of 2022. Honestly, who could be against a bill named America Competes? Like, America Competes. Are you anti-competition, Marty? Are you anti-America? I just don't think America should be competing. This is why I'm against <laughs> this bill. We should not be competing. We should just be sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else in the competition. Let's just cheer everybody on while they compete. These bills just get worse and worse. Do you not want to build back better? Are you not for the Build Back Better Act? Yeah, how could you be against that? Who doesn't want to build back better? I didn't even know we had to build back. I thought we, we had everything built. Why do we need to build back? I base all of my legislative legislative support on the naming schemes of the bills. Yes, the CARES that's Act. Why I, that's why I love the Patriot Act. It was yeah, the, it's really great for our country. It's patriotic. We, I mean, we just <laughs> just patriotic. If you love having your civil liberties ripped from under you and being thrust into a dragnet surveillance system, yeah, it's patriotic as hell. It's the Patriot Act. What about the CARES Act? They care about you. And get you health care. It's going to be affordable. But if you decide not to pay for it, they're going to fine you. If you're 24. They care about you. It's the CARES Act. Now we're here. America needs to compete. And apparently on page 1,482 of this bill. So this bill is at least uh, almost 1,500 pages long. Probably significantly <laughs> longer. Uh, as you can see it there, 2,912 pages. Yeah, I doubt it was on the last page. Yeah, 2,912 2, pages of a bill uh, in on page... Oh, so that's perfect. It's like right in the center. Yes, one page 1,482. Uh, Is this, car scrolling to the page just, right now? Just go to see where the numbers are going, 48. Just go uh, click. No, click no, put no. In manually there. scroll. Manually scroll. It's there we go. Effect. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's distracting, car. It's distracting. Um, the... <laughs> It's not like seriously. Um, but by the time you wouldn't, you wouldn't get to the page until the end of the episode. <laughs> well, they they had the page in the coin center article. You don't even need to go in here. Um, the the obviously the bill has something snuck in it that is uh, going to affect uh, Bitcoin exchanges or anybody associated with Any Bitcoin. Any transaction. Quote, period. Yeah. So basically, the if this bill gets passed in its current form, uh, this section here would allow the treasury to basically highlight anything they want uh, and deem it as something that they don't want to happen so they can freeze your account essentially and say hey no you're not allowed to transact but they can do bigger than freeze an account right like they can just stop a regulated business from doing those transactions period across the board yes yeah, so and way- the key thing is is there's no oversight no notice no public input None. So they can just do it at will, any type of transaction. So it could be if the U.S. Treasury, after this bill, wants to stop, you know, Marty from trading seashells on the street corner, uh, they'd be legally able to do that as well. Yes, it's pretty fucked up. Because that's what Marty does right before Groundhog's Day. He likes to trade <laughs> seashells. I, I sell seashell, seashells <laughs> by the seashore. Um, by the street corner. The... So this, as it pertains to Bitcoin, the way Coin Center described it, like if the treasury, for any reason, deems that a mining pool, oh, the Czech Republic, let's just say uh, a mining pool by the name of Slush, 
disclaimer, Brain sponsors the podcast, if they were to mine a block that included transactions that the Treasury deemed uh, deemed to be like money laundering, then any anything associated with that block, which would be the rest of the network, anybody trying to s- send transactions that build on that block would have to shut down their services. So this is a pretty invasive clause that would basically make it impossible to transact on centralized exchanges. What do we learn from this? What are we, what's the lesson we're taking from here? Get your coins off exchanges, get your Bitcoin off exchanges, uh, number one. And then number two, what were you going to say, Matt? I mean, I don't think it's exchange specific. No, like, so like Luxor and, uh, Mara pool, like all these. Right, mining obviously, pools I mean, the mining angle is is obviously at risk as well. But also, I, I imagine, you know, if you're running a uh, fold, a, a non-custodial wallet or something and, and it's using a centralized server, then then potentially, even if it's not custodial, right, like something like um, Blue Wallet or Moon or something, I think they can. It's, it's very vague. Um, broad language. They can just prohibit transactions. Yes. Uh, maybe something like Unchained's collaborative custody model, they can go after that as right. well. If they deem yeah, exactly, which is not custodial, uh, but presumably if they wanted to. And like, of, of course, the argument is they're not going to is what they say, right? But just the fact that they have this power or they will have this power um, is 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 not good for our country is not good for americans um unfortunately i would say that it's it does seem so inevitable doesn't it marty yeah it's like i mean they don't get this one passed and there'll be another one it's just like constant um yes and i mean this goes in line with something i've been talking about all week in regards to the Financial Action Task Force, and uh, I don't know if you saw, CoinDesk reached out to me, I could say this, who it was now because they wrote the article, asking me to comment on the efforts by the industry to comply with the Financial Action Action Task Force's travel rule. In my comment back, I said, so ostensibly I believe this or compete act clause is an attempt to prevent money laundering or financial crimes. And similarly with the financial action task force and their guidelines that just so happen to get implemented as regulations across the world with little pushback, they, they really don't do anything to actually prevent financial crimes like money laundering from happening. They, they just like we've said many, 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 many times on this podcast, they just put innocent law abiding citizens at risk uh, and, and increase the burden for companies to to comply. They, they increase cost and uh, administrative work necessary to comply and with re- these and, and reduces competition. Yes, right? exactly. Because small startups can't afford it, but the Coinbase's of the world with massive legal teams, it's not a big cost for them. No, it creates huge compliance modes for these companies that are that are already massive and able to comply. Did Coin did CoinDesk actually? Give put a quote in the. They did. Like what quote did they use of yours in there? I got demonic in the Coinbase <laughs> or Coindesk. The, excuse me. They used the demonic quote. They uh, they did. They did. Wow. Um, shout out, shout out to Mark Hockenstein and uh, <laughs> the author of uh, that particular article, who is not my DMs. He emailed me. Let me get the name. 
the name right, uh, Brett Stapper, or not Brett Stapper. Fuck you. Uh, that is somebody, some shit corner <laughs> reaching out to uh, get their get their CEO on the podcast. Oh, uh, poor Brett. Fuck you, Brett. Rob. His name is Rob. <laughs> Rob Garver. Rob Garver wrote the article. But again, as you can see from last night's bend, these financial regulations that uh, are claiming to prevent money laundering don't do it. They just make us all less safe by forcing these companies to collect our personal identifying information and secure it in insecure databases typically. Uh, and it really doesn't do anything to stop the anti-money laundering. If they really want to do that. Jeffrey Epstein wouldn't be able to have had a, a bank account at Deutsche Bank where he laundered hundreds of thousands of dollars after getting released from prison for sexually abusing minors. The, the, the criminals get away with it because they are the, the banks are are filled with criminals themselves who uh, allow individuals to to skate the regulations. We saw this again with Deutsche Bank and Jeffrey Epstein. We've seen it with HSBC and the Mexican drug cartels. Like there, it's uh, compliance for you, but not for me at that level. And, and I even think when the yeah, go on. With the in, like, as it pertains to companies in the space trying to comply with the travel rule, or uh, what's going on now with the Competes Act and how that will affect the industry. It's time for civil and corporate disobedience. It's time to stand up, strong men and women, to say, this is bullshit. This doesn't make anybody safer. It's going to prevent innovation. It's going to prevent people from actually doing innovative things and moving humanity forward into the digital age. It's only going to protect uh, massive incumbents who are providing shitty services and allowing terrible things to happen in the background. Like we need to make civil disobedience a thing again at the civil level, at the individual level and at the corporate level. We need people in the industry. I've said this a few times on this podcast, but I will reiterate it again now to begin standing up and saying, fuck you. I'm not going to like take it to the point where you get your bank account shut down. Like, they, like we need the Canadian trucker, the convoy in Canada uh, being applied to the financial regulations that are coming out. They're, up there protesting the mandates, the vaccine mandates, and they're doing an incredible job. We need to take our financial privacy and freedom seriously, not only here in the United States, but across the world, and begin protesting this stuff with civil disobedience. And the most effective way to do that is take control of your, your Bitcoin, uh, control it in the wallet that you control, you have the private public key pair, and then send peer-to-peer -peer transactions and tell them to fuck off. Like, this is where we need to go. You need to normalize holding your own keys and sending transactions in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion, which is going to take some work. It's going to, you're going to have to learn how to do it. You're going to have to learn how to spin up a full node if you want to do it completely right. But the, the first step you could take is taking control of your Bitcoin in a wallet that you control that cannot be censored by a third party like a centralized exchange. And if that sounds too difficult, you can always just shit post about sats versus bits on Twitter. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I, I would just add, um, for obviously everyone should hold their own keys. No, I would add uh, that you mentioned some good examples of where the banks are complicit in basic in uh, facilitating money laundering. But there's also a key aspect here Uh because I think a lot of people would argue, there's a lot of people that are on the pro-compliance side that would argue, well, that means we just need stricter compliance measures. And the reality is there's a lot of uh, situations where criminals are able to get around KYC AML laws because they're using hacked or purchased 
uh, KYC information from otherwise law-abiding users. So they take, they get around it. The criminals aren't um, actually complying with the KYC information. So it only, it really only hurts um, law-abiding, honest users. Yes. It's completely, I mean, it's been proven time and time again that the, these invasive KYC AML regulations don't work. They make us individuals less safe. The criminals keep committing financial crimes to keep figuring out ways to do it. A dedicated and motivated criminal is going to figure out a way to, to follow through with the crime that they want to do. And then on top of this, so this all stems from the Bank Secrecy Act. And so this is the, the provision that is getting snuck into this America Competes Act of 2022. We're going to compete. We're going to compete. What they leverage is a specific clause in the Bank Secrecy Act. They're using a, a loose reading of the language included in the, the Bank Secrecy Act to enable this type of overarching encroachment on civil liberties. Uh, via That's this another Act. good name. Yeah, the Bank Secrecy Act. That's, Which is like the exact opposite of banks having secrecy. <laughs> exactly. Um, one interesting aspect of the Bank Secrecy Act, which I, we've touched on before on this show, I've touched on it on Dispatch a bunch, is the Bank Secrecy Act basically has a carve out of the Fourth Amendment, which is uh, that no Americans basis. unreasonable search and seizure. You're you're protected constitutionally from unreasonable search and seizure without. That's why warrants exist. Uh, in the Bank Secrecy Act, there's a carve out that basically says if you provide this information to a third party. Uh, you're not you're not under the expectation of having privacy in that situation. So it it's a carve out so the uh, the Fourth Amendment doesn't protect you. So this is one of the reasons why I, I think there's a very strong argument that if you're using your own node and holding your own keys, and the using your own node part is key because all of a sudden you're not trusting a third party with your transaction information. But if you are using someone else's node, if you're using Blue Wallet or Moon. Um, and you're not using it with your own node, then you're basically, even though you're not giving them custody of your funds, you're you're pinging their server to look up your transactions and your balances. Um, so I feel like that carve out could still apply in that situation, but doesn't apply if you're actually using your own node. Now, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I have no intention of fighting this in the courts, uh, but I do think that's an interesting, at least for American Bitcoiners, that's an interesting aspect that I think should be explored more. That's a very good point. You run your own full node, figure out how to do it. It's pretty easy. Uh, yeah. There's plenty easier of, than ever. Easier than ever. There's plenty of wallets out there that make it easy to connect to your full node. Sparrow, Spectre. There's a bunch of shit out there that make it very easy. Bitcoin Core, you can use their wallet if you want to. Zeus. Zeus. By the lightning. On top of that. I think it's it's the tools are there. They're getting better. But be, like use them, but we should also highlight like the bank. We need to abolish the Bank Secrecy Act. We need to abolish the Financial Action Task Force. We need to hold the people in Washington at the Treasury accountable. These people are fucking evil. Number one and number two. Again, we don't live in a free country. They're trying to be <laughs> extremely invasive. And they should come out with a new bill. Do we even live in a free country anymore? Yes, Bill. Prop uh, a, a prop vote. Do we live in a free country? Yes or no? Uh, four thousand page bill. But like, I mean, in the Bank Secrecy Act, it was 
again around 1971. I think it might have been 1971. What the fuck happened in 1971? When it was written into law. Like, this is a, 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 pro, a part of going off the gold standard or lumped in with that era of completely fucking up our monetary and financial system. It is becoming a, a dragnet surveillance system. Again, that does not help anybody. It does not prevent financial crime. It actually harms individuals more than it helps them. We need to drive this home. and We need to stop letting these kleptocrats in Washington keep clawing and clawing and clawing our civil liberties. And again, they do it with these, these cutely named bills. The Patriot Act. You're patriotic, right? <laughs> let us just peep your metadata. Uh, us, once again, us, if, this, if this just sounds too overwhelming to you, you can just bend over and comply. Yeah, bend over. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll actually send out free lube. Okay, that's this one thing we'll do to help you uh, facilitate. New merch drop. New merch drop. <laughs> TFTC lube line for those who want to get pegged by the U.S. government. Stand up and fight. It's time. Like, not, not physically, but obviously not physically. We're a peaceful podcast here. But stand up and say, this is bullshit. Like, that's the other thing. Like, these people are supposed to work for us. We're the taxpayers. We pay their salaries. They are supposed to have our best interests in mind. They don't, though. They've been completely co-opted by a, a banking and technocratic system that does not care about you. It cares about control. Financial Action Task Force does not care about protecting you from financial crimes. They want to make your life harder so that they can control you, so that the elites can get their way. The, the Davos class can, can do whatever they want. They don't want competition. They don't like you useless uh, what are they? What's the term that uh, I believe it was George Soros uh, calls the plebs? I think he calls them useless eaters. Is how it, these people think of you. They think you are useless eaters that are just taking up space in the world that they want to control. They do not care about you. They do not give a fuck about you, and they're making your life considerably worse off. Suicides are at all time highs. Overdoses are at all time highs. People are as unhealthy as they've ever been in human history. And this difficulty is all adjustment. difficulty adjustment is happening. <laughs> the, the difficulty is that. Yeah, However, difficulty target. <laughs> again, and this is all a product of these overarching uh, policies that have been enacted over the last century, you could argue, but more specifically the last five decades since the 70s. They've, they've only made humanity more depressed, less wealthy, on an individual basis, there's, there's more wealth overall, but it's being concentrated into the Davos class because they control the rules and they leverage the Cantian effect. Uh, and you're, you're losing your rights by the day. And this America Competes Act is just trying to take more and more of that. You do not live in a free country. I hope, the the next, I hope the next bill is called We Care About You, Bill. Yeah, yeah we can, well, they already had the CARES Act. I know, but I like We Care About You, Bill, better. Hey, we care about you. But seriously... Take control of your Bitcoin. <laughs> run your own full node. I really like that point. Use Matt. your own node. Use yeah. your own node. Like, and have it. Maybe that is the the like constitutional like silver yeah. bullet. Like, you can't do a shit. Like, I'm not it's using first and party. fourth, and like tangentially second. Yeah, the right to bear. The right to bear nodes. It's your right. It's software. Bitcoin is speech. At the end of the day, it is just code. Numbers and if letters. you're just tuning in to Rabbit Hole Recap now, just a quick TLDR, Groundhog Day is on February 2nd. Yes. Prepare yourselves. Punks of Tony <laughs> Phil is going to be surrounded by a bunch of people who have come into town from State College, Pennsylvania, uh, and, and are trying to see whether or not he's going to see his shadow. 
It's the weirdest tradition of all time. All right. Next topic. Robinhood is starting the rollout of Bitcoin withdrawals. Uh, I never thought I'd very, see the day. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I got to give credit where credit's due. I did not think this was going to actually happen. I thought they were just virtue signaling. Props for props are due. Do we have confirmation that anybody has actually sent sats off know. of Robinhood and into a, a personal wallet? That would require someone admitting to me that they're actually using Robinhood <laughs> to buy Bitcoin, which they shouldn't do. No, you should not. I mean, Robinhood, we very famously last year with the whole Wall Street Bet saga with GameStop, AMC, and other stocks that uh, the Wall Street Bets Reddit uh, group was, was trying to short squeeze. I mean, Robinhood shut that down pretty pretty aggressively. So an example of a centralized third party and not allowing you to do what you want to do. And Robinhood, yeah. I wouldn't trust them after No, after definitely. That. I mean, Robinhood can go fuck themselves, but uh, the, the point remains that they are one of the most popular places to buy Bitcoin. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's really good to see that they're actually allowing you to take possession of your Bitcoin instead of keeping it as an IOU on their platform. So... Yes. Um, very, very happy to see it. And yeah, I did not expect it. If you really are, did not expect it to happen. Neither did I. If you are an individual using Robinhood and you successfully take sats off of Robinhood into your own possession, please let us know. I would like to see an example in the wild, some confirmation there that that is actually happening. Yeah. And if you listen to this show on your Alexa, also let us know. In either situation... <laughs> You're dead to us. Do you have that on the list? I don't think you had that on the list. <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, the girl downloading her. Oh no, I don't have that on the list. Her Alexa. Audio I just know files. that we're both this show and Dispatch are available on Alexa, and I just I like I wonder like what kind of masochist listens to us <laughs> to talk about the privacy issues on their own on their own wiretap, you know? But there's got to be a dozen of them, at least maybe dozens. Um, I'm getting texts right now that uh, Robinhood is also joining the Coinbase-led travel rule planning group. We don't forget, don't forget about that. Coinbase is leading a travel rule planning group. You know, we don't have on the list uh, Trezor implementing the Swiss travel rule integration. Yeah, what's going on there? I saw Adam, aka Denver Bitcoin, tweeting about this. I did not. That's all I saw was that one screenshot I took. I couldn't so, really flesh out what was going on. The Swiss government went above and beyond on travel on FATFA's travel rule proposal. So like FATFA's unelected bureaucrats, um, they provide proposals out to the world and all their member countries, which is like pretty much, uh, you know, the overwhelming majority of the world. And then those member currency countries go and implement their quote unquote suggestions. They're not really suggestions, but that's how they frame it. Um, in Switzerland, they went above and beyond on the travel rule. Um, and they're requiring all Bitcoin services to have you sign a message with your receive address when you withdraw from them. So if you're withdrawing to your Bitcoin address, Bitcoin has this uh, way to cryptographically verify that that it is your address and you have control. You can sign a message with it. So you can put any text you want in that message. Um, so uh, usually what happens in this type of verification process is they say put, you know, ID number 4732 or whatever, like a user, a generated number or something like that, a unique piece of information from the exchange. You go and you sign the message with your address you, you, with that exact unique 
identifier so they know it's it and, and that way they can know it's you um or i guess presumably it could be a friend or something but um they they know that you're actively in control of that address uh now trezor i guess i i don't have a trezor but it's it seems they made that signing process easier lie um we talked about what? your trezor a couple of weeks ago I mean, like, I don't actively use a treasure. <laughs> I have like, I have like six. That that treasure I talked about was the one that's still in the box that I travel with. Um, I so like I have not used Trezor software in because it's built into Trezor's like web wallet, uh, not web wallet, whatever they. Ha- I think they have desktop have treasure, software now. They have a treasure suite, is what they call it. Yeah, so I think in there now there's like probably a button that says you know, comply with this bullshit regulation. Do you have to hit it? Do they prevent you from signing transactions? Well, like you can't withdraw from a Swiss service unless you sign an address. Okay. So I don't really know if it's kind of questionable that they're implementing a, they're using a third party company to do it. Yeah. It's called Um, 21 Satoshi or something like that or 21 analytics, which is like, it's a, it's a surveillance company, right? So they're in, they're integrating with a third-party company, but I don't know if I, there's a lot of complaints that people can throw at Trezor. I don't know if this is one of them. Like I, like the Swiss brokerages are requiring it. So if you're a user of one of those services, you're good. You're either don't use the service, or you're going to have to sign a message anyway. Um. Yeah. So Adam, aka at Denver Bitcoin on Twitter. If you're not following, go follow him. Great, uh, great mining follow and overall follow. At 21 Analytics is the company helping them. Uh, and he believes it's a Chinese company from what he can tell. So uh. there you go. Even worse. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this is a problem with KYC and using KYC services. Uh, it's a problem with regulators regulating those KYC services. Uh, I don't know if necessarily, I mean, I guess I don't really think hardware wallets should, should necessarily make it easier, but I also don't know if they shouldn't. Like, I don't know, like, I'm not sure if that's the, if Trezor's the team to blame on it. Yeah, and This is I, coming from someone who's like an outspoken, you know, threats of KYC person. Yeah, I haven't thought about this particular topic long enough to make a, an informed comment that can add value to you, freaks. So I'll just say it's like, yeah, again, it's all fucked up. These regulations are stupid. Like, they're not helping anybody. It's time to get angry. If you're not angry, get angry. They're, they're trying to cattle herd you into a digital panopticon where they know everything you fucking do. They're trying to eliminate privacy from humanity. It's time to tell them there is more of us than there are of them. It's a very, 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 very small amount of people at high places in political offices that are making these decisions and in, in unelected positions with the Financial Action Task Force. This is inhumane. It is inhumane that they are doing this to billions of individuals around the world. We should not put up with it. We should call them out. Pull up the picture of Marcus Plyer, please, from last night. Look at this. Stock image looking motherfucker. Do you think he actually cares about you? Do you think this guy cares about your safety? We're going to see him soon. We're going to pull him up here in seconds. There he is. Look at this motherfucker. Look at him. Do you think he cares about you? Do you think he's like actually like a a genuine human being? It's just a picture, Marty. (laughs) But look at him, Matt. A 
picture says a thousand words. Have you ever heard that okay. saying before? I mean, Look I at this guy. Look I at his. You can attack. You can he, attack what he does, but like he's dead inside. His... No, physiognomy is real. Physiognomy okay. is real. Zoom out, car. Zoom out. Okay. Not that. Not that. Physiognomy is real. Look at this guy. He's an evil lizard. He's a demonic evil lizard. Okay. Really quality argument. <laughs> I guess that was my Marty Jones. Impression. Just to go back to the topic. Uh, two things. First of all, if you like look at it from Trezor's point of view. They're probably getting a ton of support emails um, and requests from people that are using Swiss exchanges that don't know how to sign a message. Um, so I could see that being one of the reasons they want to integrate. And the other thing is my understanding is uh, the Bitbox hardware wallet uh, that Shift Crypto puts out already has similar integration. I don't know if they're using this third-party Chinese service. The, it seems like the third-party Chinese service is the worst aspect of this. And it seems unnecessary. I don't know why they would use that when you can just natively sign messages. Yeah, I don't but get it. Bitbox does have, if I recall correctly, Bitbox has like a feature that complies with this travel rule um, in Switzerland. Swiss man, they were supposed to be like and they're the, a Swiss company too, right? Shift Crypto. Isn't Swiss supposed to be like the 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 creme de la creme of financial privacy. Like, isn't that why people Yeah, they started? made all their money hiding the Nazis' money. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck? It's, it's, uh, it's all fucked, dude. Um, it's all fucked, freaks. Just trying to make you aware, to educate you, so you can go out there, get angry, and hopefully call this stuff out. And you can civilly disobey by using Bitcoin the correct way. That's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. This is the value prop that Bitcoin brings the world. It is a peer-to-peer distributed cash system. Like they can't stop you from doing this. If you use it in the correct way, if you acquire sats in a peer-to-peer fashion and you hold your private key uh, and you check your transactions with the full node, there's literally nothing that they can do to stop you from signing and broadcasting a transaction. You do not have to listen to anything that the Swiss government wants you to do, that the Federal Reserve wants you to do, that the Treasury wants you to do, that the Chinese Communist Party wants you to do. If you use Bitcoin the right way, all of these suggestions and these rules and these laws and these compliance and regulations are useless. It can't Marty be. makes a good point there, but 90%, 98% of Bitcoiners aren't using it that way. Well, when push comes to shove, you're going to wish you, you're going to wish you did start now. What, what is your saying, Matt? It's better to be early. You're going to wish you, you're going to wish you did this now. Uh, when, yeah. when, when push comes to shove, it's going to be too late. And that's exactly. Not be good for you. You don't want to, you don't want to start trying to figure this shit out when you actually need to. Yes. Start now. Start now. Maybe you start nine. Um, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good note in the box there with other privacy preserving, um, tools as well. Disclaimer. 1031 is best in start. Um, the next list, next topic on the list is a great way to take control of your, and of your of your Bitcoin is is a cold card. Cold card just announced the pre-sales on MK4s, which is their next iteration of their hardware wallet. Is this the one that's going to have NFC compatibility? It has NFC. It has USB-C, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I can. It's like one of the last devices that still uses micro USB for me. Bigger RAM for multi-sig, that's big. The NFC is cool because what that means is you can use it with like a mobile wallet, like Blue Wallet, um, and to sign the transaction, all you have to do is just tap it to the back of your phone. Now, some people might be concerned 
that NV, uh, NFC opens up. I'm a, that was a combination of NBK and NFC. Some people might be concerned that NFC opens up additional attack vectors. You can actually physically disable the NFC by scratching off the NS, NFC part, yes. um, which is a cool, uh, cool aspect of it, in my opinion. Very cool aspect. I mean, Rodolfo and crew at CoinKite. So there's 50% off on this because it's a pre-sale with an undetermined date. So, you know, cold card coin kite is a bootstrapped company. They've never taken any outside investment. Hold up, hold up. Um, $40 so off, $40 off. Oh, it wasn't 50% off? No, that would be $75, only 40 uh, Okay, well, $40 off. He's basically, he's funding his first line run of them um, through the pre-sale. So you don't really know when you're going to get them. Um, but yeah, this is promising. I already think the cold card MK3 is the best hardware wallet on the market. This has some common sense upgrades and the NFC specifically, I'm very excited about. Yes. Uh, Rodolfo, good friend of the show, making incredible products. I will be buying this pre-sale. CoinKite has proven that they can deliver. Uh, though Rodolfo will be the first one to tell you that the supply chains are all fucked in the world. But I think he's... Yeah, we don't know when they're shipping. Yeah. But right, he's, to answer Tyler's question in the chat. They're very proactive at CoinKite of front-running supply chain issues. Uh, we wanted to mention this last week, but didn't. Uh, staying with CoinKite car, if you go back to that page and you go to the bottom, the Sats card was announced. This looks pretty cool. Two products. There's two separate cards. There's a Sats card and there's the Tap Signer. How would you describe these products to the freaks? So the Sats card is is the idea is to use it similar to an Open Dime. It has a bit different trust properties, trust trade offs than the Open Dime, but it's cheaper. Um, and has NFC. So once again, you can tap it onto a phone to redeem. Um, the tap signer, so so that's like an open dime. So that's more for in-person transactions. You literally take your SATS card and you pass it off to the other person. Um, you know, you load it up with a million SATS and you pass it off to the other person when you're buying seashells from them. Uh, the tap signer is a very cheap NFC-based reusable hardware wallet that can be used in a multi-sig or a single sig. So you can imagine a situation where like you have a cold card, a tap signer and a seed signer and you're using it with blue wallet on your phone. Um, and so you use this, the seed signer, you, you scan, you scan the QR code, you, you construct the PSBT, you sign it with that one signature and then you can either tap your tap signer onto the back of your phone to add the second signature or you can tap your cold card on. So it adds a very cheap uh, signing device that has NFC support. Neither of those have shipping dates yet. Uh, I do have some questions of how exactly it's everything's being implemented and the different trade-offs there. So um, I already talked to NVK. Like I will be getting one of the first batches of it, and we'll Ooh. talk about it more Ooh, when I actually. You. Well, I don't. Get I actually have it in hand because I don't. I don't really like. I don't. I, I can't. It's hard to comprehend what the what the trade-off model is without actually having it in hand. Um, Rodolfo, I don't but get, I'm very I don't excited about this. it. It's pretty cool. What was the question? Car is asking if you just tap and reload sets. No, no. So, so the tapping is for the communication with the phone, right? So this is very similar to what, uh, with the tap sign, it's very similar to what block formerly square is working on with their open source hardware wallet which is the idea of a very cheap hardware wallet without a screen 
that uses NFC because you can just tap it onto a back of a mobile phone or I think iPhone, you have to tap it to the top wherever the wherever you pay with Apple Pay. Um, and so the, the major trade-off, the most obvious trade-off is you don't have a screen on it. And because you don't have a screen on it, that means you're trusting what you see on the mobile phone um, or computer, what the address is being shown and what the information is being shown. You can't verify it on the device. So one of the key aspect of the cold cards, of the seed signers, of the treasures, of the ledgers is that you can verify on the actual dedicated device that all the, all the information adds up. The, the result, though, by taking this different trade-off balance is you get a way, way cheaper, lightweight device that doesn't need a battery because um, it's NFC. So the, But the, what makes this really interesting to me is so it can be used as like a cheap single SIG or, or even a multi-SIG where your phone holds one key and, and that holds the second. So it's just a, a, a bump up in the security model of using a mobile phone, which is what most people are probably going to do anyway, is just use a mobile wallet, uh, like Blue Wallet or Moon or something. But also, it is really fucking cool to me that you can use it in a multi-sig situation. So you can make it just one key. If you make it like one key of a three of five, the fact that you can't necessarily verify it on a device itself uh, because it doesn't have a screen doesn't it, th- that doesn't matter as much because you can verify it on the other two devices that signed, right? Yeah, this is really cool. This would be extremely cool if it actually works. Rodolfo. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting getting them in my hands. Thanks for thanks for offering to get one in my hands, Rodolfo. Here's here's some product placement for you. It's your block clock mini. We'll rip that off next week. <laughs> just remove the block clock. It's not getting. It's not coming back up there. Um, but but anyway, it's going to be a while. These are going to take. It seems like these are going to take longer to sh- ship as well. Like uh, there's no uh, specific ship date. Um, so we'll see. We'll we'll keep we'll keep you updated, freaks. We'll keep you updated. Uh, and as oh, we and also the Open Dime isn't going anywhere. The Sats card is like a complementary product with different trade offs than the Open Dime, um, but and it's cheaper. Uh, but the Open Dime will still be available, which is uh, fantastic because I love the Open Dime. The Open Dime should never go away. It's an incredible product. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's a cool. Hey, let me teach you about Bitcoin product, and don't ever get rid of it. Matt is talking to somebody off screen. He is muted. We are going to go to the next topic, which we've already mentioned. Bitcoin mining difficulty hits a new all-time high. Uh, we can go to insights.brains.com to check out what's going on. Hash rate hit an all-time high earlier this week, too, according to uh, insights.brains.com uh, of 203 exahash a second. As you can see, the light blue line, if you're watching the live stream or on any of the video platforms uh, that this is being uh, syndicated on. The light blue line is the difficulty. And as you can see there, it has reached an all-time high of 26,643,185,256,535. The price is falling, so this will be interesting to see. Uh, Obviously, difficulty going up, price falling means that... uh, you have miners getting fucked. Yeah, difficulty going up unless you're plugging in more miners. As that's going up, you're losing a percentage of the overall hash rate, and therefore, uh, your your sat stream is is falling. Uh, again, if you're not plugging in more miners to keep your overall, or getting getting new firmware, or getting new firmware um, as well. Uh, I guess Rob Hamilton had a comment about 
the S19 brains update. There, there has been a new brains update, a firmware update earlier this week that added some new uh, S19 models to the list. Uh, if you listen to the ad before this, you you probably uh, heard what models they are. I don't have them off the top of my head right away. But you need the SD card port, right? And like, don't some of the S19s don't have an SD card port? It's like what I saw from Joe Rogers on Twitter. We shall see. It's like not obvious. Like he has he has multiple S19s, and some of them don't have it, and some of them do, and it's not clear by the serial number or anything. Yeah, if anybody at Brains is listening to this and wants to clarify what's going on. Uh, right now or after the show, um, would love to would love to get some clarification. Uh, Just don't join Marty in the studio; he might shoe you. Shoo, shoo, shoo. I mean, we're not bringing up shoe gate. We're not. <laughs> I would never shoe the good people at Brains. Actually, Edward Evenson is going to be. In he town. only leaves that for Ben's. Yes, Edward Evenson is going to be in town in a couple months. We're going to record. Um, he's very he's very excited about the leather shares. Uh, speaking of mining pools. Uh, and content had an incredible episode with Alex Brammer from Luxor yesterday. We, we didn't—I mean, we touched on mining obviously and talked about it a lot, but I just think that conversation was extremely lively and interesting. It was one of the most interesting conversations I've had in a while, um, particularly as it pertains to the geopolitical situation of the world at this current moment in, in the United States Empire's uh, attempt to uh, nation build across the world. It's uh, a lot of nuance, and he. Uh, was a West Point graduate and an officer in the army has a very interesting perspective on all that stuff and why he thinks Bitcoin is is extremely hopeful as we get into the digital age. But back to difficulty adjustment, it's at an all-time high. Excuse me, the difficulty target is uh, harder to mine. A lot of miners out there uh, plugging in machines still. Again, we touched over 200 exahash earlier this week, according to insights.brains.com. Again, hash rate estimates vary depending on, um, on on the trailing time scale that you're looking at. Marty, Slush? 300 exahash by end of year. Easily. Over under. Uh, uh, come on. It's definitely over two. I think over. I mean, if these XPs get delivered. I think over too. I these XPs you. get delivered. And I do think <laughs> there's... Come on. I love the immediate instant reaction. <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a lot of power capacity coming on here in the United States specifically, maybe even more specifically here in Texas than a lot of miners are waiting for. And then once that happens, I'm hearing that there's going to be an automatic uh, turning on of a bunch of miners. So be aware of that. You should see some pretty massive hash rate growth and therefore difficulty growth. Uh, Slush pool, have you been following? I mean, they've they've been mining a lot of blocks this week. Their pool luck has been high. Yes, it's true. Um, That's one thing. I noticed this week Slush Bowl has been mining a shit ton of blocks. Uh, if you go down on insights.brains.com, we can get a look at the pool layout right now. Foundries in first, and pools in second, F2 pools in third, pool in and fourth via Bitcoin or via BTC, excuse me, via BTC, however you pronounce it. Fifth, Binance in sixth, Slush Pool How in seven. How big is CK pool? The one that is doing the solo mining. Oh, let's talk about that. I can't believe you don't have that on the list. I'm not sure how big that I is. I just put it on the list. I don't think... Um, see, since it's a solo mining pool, I don't think they would be advertising. No, no, it's still... I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of confusion here, right? Because natively in the Bitcoin protocol, without a pool, you can solo mine. But what CK pool is doing is it's just like a typical mining pool, but instead of... 
instead of, uh, so you're still relying on a third party centralized pool provider, but instead of uh, doling out rewards based proportionally on how much work you did, they just give it to whichever one of their participants okay. in their pool found the specific block, they get the full reward. Well, found the hash, right? That allows you to mine the block. Right. So what is, what is, uh, go to ckpool.com car. What is the, they're definitely reporting their hash. Or what is it? Are you, go to, I hate this website, but they have good uh, btc.com. <laughs> you're, you're confirming. I do like BTCP. BTC.com. Well, because they, they do the real time, they do the trusted hash rate measurement, mm -hmm. which is just what the pool reports. Keep going down. Is CK Keep pool there? Go up, 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 up. Right there. Uh, yeah, don't scroll Mera. to the fucking Bcash nonsense. One Tash. No, it's not in the top 15 at least. Because they've, they've now found three blocks. Well, so that's the thing. Especially when you consider the one miner was using these USB sticks that produce something like 86. Okay, here hash. it is. I just, I duck, duck, goat it. Duck, duck, goosed it. Uh, BTC.com slash stats slash pool slash solo CK. Uh, where's their hash rate? I don't know how to read this website. Share of blocks, 0.02%. <laughs> That's a minuscule amount of hash rate. Hash rate NA. Yeah. So, share blocks is what you'll have to use. But let's, regardless of how much hash rate they have, I don't really care about that. What is the I probability of three solo, three solo miners mining block, especially that last one? The last one is really interesting because the dude had eighty six tera hash. Yeah, like less, the block eruptors, right? Like the USB. Yeah, like eight USB miners. Miners, and the fact that we had three in one week, uh, Arbed out had an interesting tweet about this cryptic tweet, but a tweet nonetheless. Like one is, one is like a lottery ticket. Two is a coincidence, and three is something is going on. Like, do you think something's going on with this? Do you think it was an anomaly? It feels uh, like advertising for CK Pool. Now that's why I wanted to know what their hash was. Um, CK pool also has the non solo pool. Um, what is the hash rate of their non solo pool? I don't know. We're not going to find it. It's not. I'm about to find it. Oh. Wow. That's like non existent too. Yeah. Um, I, it seems a little bit suspicious. It seems like a, a way to attract miners or people to sign up for their pool. Um, I don't. Yeah. So here's here's the Arbed Out tweet. He, he tweeted out a, a an Ian Fleming quote, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. Obviously, we respect Arbed Out here at TFTC. He's a good friend of the show and uh, an incredibly bright mind in the space. And so that's what I want. I'm like, what is... Like, we'll what listen is to our Christmas special with him. Or Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. Um, Groundhog's Day? No, Halloween. <laughs> Like, what is the probability? That's a, like, is something going on? That's weird. Eh, I don't know. I, I, no, well, the weirder thing is that they have such low hash. Like, if they were exactly, exactly, if they had 20% of the hash, then it doesn't really matter which individual miner inside the pool found it. Uh, right? Like, probability wise. Yes. So that's the thing. Like, the but probability. They don't even have that much hash and they found three blocks. Well, it's not even CK pool. Just like the, the again, this this USB miner 
had something like 86 terahash in total. Not even 86. How many USB miners do you need to get that kind of terahash? I think he had eight or nine plugged in. Uh, like, are they new gen USB miners? They're not like the old school. They can't be the old school block eruptors or whatever they were selling in 2013 or 2012 or something. I think they may be block eruptors, dude. Let me look. Yeah. And here are some of his mini farm that saw the block and his CG, CG miner is what he was using. Yeah. The block eruptors wouldn't, you would need like a thousand of them or something to get even close to like 86 terahash is like a what's minor M30 S or something, right? When I, they have their naming schemes horrible. The M30S. The M30s are... S-plus or something. <laughs> no, the S-plus is like 105 terahash. Right, and the smaller one, the the less less powerful one is the M30S? Or what, the, M30, the M31. The M31 is like 75 to 85 terahash. Right, which is equivalent, right? And it's yes. not unheard of for, for, for one of those rigs to find a block. Um, the weird thing is that a pool with such little hash found three blocks in what, like a week in and a half? Week. Yes. It's odd. Eight S9s is an 86, is 86 terahash. Yeah, so there's something up with the USB. That could be bullshit too. Uh, there's, I don't think there's a way to verify that it was actually the USB miners that did it. Um. Like there's no way to, I'm pretty sure there's no way to cryptographically verify that. So it could just as likely have been, as Neil says, eight S nines. Um, but still the, the weird part to me is the mining pool having such little hash, uh, not necessarily the individual solos, because like, for instance, like how many, how many blocks did slush find, uh, today? In the last 24 hours, Looking at insights.brains.com, nine blocks. Right. So if Slush changed their payout structure and they changed it to a solo payout structure, we would have had nine solo miners find blocks today. Yes. Um, it's just a payout structure thing. Now, the weird part is how little hash CK pool has. Very odd. W- were they all the solo miners CK pool? I thought the first one. No, was- so CK pool has two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the three people that found solo blocks. We're all through CK Pool's solo pool. So CK Pool has two pools. They have a traditional pool that pays out proportionally. And then they have the solo pool that pays out uh, only to the to the individual miner that, that found the block. Yeah. And um, Jeff Swan, Guy Swan's brother. Guy, uh, you're wrong on bits. Um, sorry for doing that, Matt. But uh, Jeff, he tweeted out a question. It's, okay. it's an important this, conversation. He tweeted out earlier this week, why would a solo miner mine to a pool... Uh, if they're solo mining, it doesn't make sense to me. And my guess is that they would mine to a solo pool and pay the two percent fee that the fee make uh, the pool makes you pay if you join it, because the pool would promise you that they will construct a block that that gets them as most uh, the the most amount of fees as possible. Which, if you're solo mining and you're not you know, used to catching blocks and constructing blocks and fine tuning for uh, getting the most fees as you possibly can. Maybe a pool with experience has a better opportunity yeah. of doing that. And the the last solo it's mine block, yeah, the last solo mine block would prove that they got uh, thirty million uh, eight hundred thousand satoshis in fees, which is pretty high, uh, like on average, like the the amount of fees that even the the biggest pools have been 
acquiring in their blocks is not not even 30 million satoshis so it seems like ck is good it's just a it's a convenient it's a convenience charge right it's just yeah. a, it's easier to do it's convenient you just don't have to worry about it uh just point it directly at you know just point it directly at a pool it's a very easy process to do for miners yes yes a lot of mining talk i need it yeah it. see what neil said plus people don't know how to solo mine <laughs> <laughs> right neil neil how many claws deep are we this week or we, we claw free in january we claw free still in January. Interesting thing. When Neil sent me a uh, customized bottle of tequila. What the fuck, Neil? My chopped liver? My chopped uh, chop liver, buddy. Neil? <laughs> Might have to yes, fucking the shoot the Neil's yes. away too now? We don't, live in a, we don't live in a free country. You're chopped liver and the Bens are right. And Neil's sober. Thank you. He's just sending me liquor, but he's sober. You're driving. Stop commenting and driving, please. Uh, I love that Neil sober driving laughy face. <laughs> send me a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Six in Congress in Austin, Texas. Uh, on to shout outs. The solo mining thing. Interesting. I would like to, I would like Arbed out to elaborate on his cryptic uh, Ian Fleming quote there and what he thinks. Um, yeah, maybe it is. It's like maybe it is CK pool advertising, and they really have a bunch of hash rate, and they're just pretending. Right, they have a bunch yeah, of hash, and then they like that they that they own personally. And they're yeah, yeah. And then they like reconstruct it to make it look like it was the solo miner. Yeah, okay. And then they get they get it in this, but the but the thing is, it's weird that BTC.com says that CK pool doesn't have much hash. Well, maybe they're but, probably like the unknown pool. Yeah, they're unknown. They're not reporting it. Yes. Which would also be a classic. Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought, love this shit. It's, I do it's, too. Because like, the, the key thing is the Bitcoin protocol is not broken here, right? Yeah, because I was worried. Broken. They're playing by the Bitcoin rules, but I love when I love when people play games within the rules. Yes. And I was worried. So I was worried Arbed Out's cryptic tweet was like somebody uh, fucked up shot 256 or something like that in some way. But it seems like CK pools probably just has a bunch of shadow hash that they're not advertising publicly. Um, <laughs> to be clear, Neil is sober is right only now. sober right now. He is drinking again. Okay. It's good to know. Well, thank All you right. for the update. Thank this is the important the stuff. This is why people tune in. <laughs> he's not drinking and driving. He'll probably start drinking when he's done driving. Um, and then stay out of the car. Oh, we got... We got to shut the door. We got to shut the door. We got people coming through the Bitcoin comments. Bitcoin comments is popping. And we have the door open. Um, so we're going to close that right now. CK pool playing some games. I, I do like that as well, too. I was worried, uh, I was worried that uh, somebody was gaming shot 256, which does not seem to be the case. And now we're on the shout outs. This is a very prestigious shout out. I'm flattered. That this gentleman is reaching out. What's up, fellas? Jerome Powell here, aka Jeremy, aka Juicy J. I need your help. <laughs> Midterms are approaching and inflation is running hot as the Texas sun. The thing is, I can't actually raise rates without crashing the economy. And if I'm being honest, I have a primal urge to brrrr, like I've never before. I don't know. Sometimes I get crazy thoughts like maybe the world reserve currency shouldn't be manipulated by a handful of unelected bureaucrats. Help me. Is there any way out of this conundrum? XOXO, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jerome, Jeremy, 
Juicy J. You can just come out and say, hey, I'm part of the problem. There's a we solution should call him to the Juicy problem. J from now on on the Juicy pod. Juicy J. Juicy J with that hot... And I think that's disrespectful to the actual Juicy J who throws out some bangers. Um, part of 3-6 Mafia. You guys understand rap or know about rap. Um, I was a big Juicy J fan in high school and college. I haven't listened to his stuff recently. But Jerome Powell, way out of this, you can hold your <laughs> hand up and say, hey, I'm part of the problem. This obviously doesn't work. Um, I'm part of this game of hot potato between Fed shares. We all know that there's an inevitable conclusion to this monetary experiment, which is a complete collapse of the monetary system and a contagion throughout the financial system. It's better to uh, own up to it and, and admit that, that we keep digging a hole. We're just digging a hole deeper, 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 more debt, more money, more inflation, more inequality in the wealth gap. Uh, there's a solution to this. We have a, a sound money now. If we get back to sound money, people can lower their time preference and accumulate capital and deploy capital in a much more efficient and uh, responsible fashion due to the fact that opportunity costs will be returned to the market. And it's called Bitcoin. We can just transition to that. I recommend that every American stack sats. Uh, and what we're going to do, we're actually going to get the pension stacking sats first because that's where a lot of uh, retirement savings is held. And that's where a lot of the stress that I as Fed chairman feel as if all these pensions that hold all these retirement accounts go bust because the dollar just disintegrates. That's not a word. Uh, <laughs> disintegrates. Uh, disintegrates? That's going to be bad. Incinerates, incinerates. J-Pal does watch the show. He's a Juicy fan. J. Juicy J. Up here. Um, Bitcoin's a solution, Jerome. I don't envy your position at all. Uh, you, you seem very stressed out, to say the least. And it's hilarious. Uh, obviously, I will talk. Shout out, Dunn. Uh, talking to Jerome Powell, Done, But uh, markets crashing this week as... Before the FOMC meeting that was held, uh, I believe yesterday and today, the meeting went on into today, uh, the markets were crashing as they are expecting rate hikes to happen. They and, tried to have the meeting, but Jerome Powell saw his shadow and went back in the hole. Yeah, he's back in the hole. But I mean, markets are reacting negatively to the prospect of a rate hike uh, that Jerome Powell is posturing, like is coming, banks like, JP Morgan are saying, yes, there's going to be multiple hikes. They think like six to nine hikes, which is fucking insane. Uh, it's never going to, like, it's, I mean, great meme potential, though. Market, very great meme potential. Markets are tanking because they're, they're expecting rate hikes, which would increase, obviously, rate hike is an interest rate hike, which would increase the cost of debt, which would make it more expensive to uh, do things throughout the economy. And so uh, markets are like, we don't like that. So we're going to crash. And the way this works, now that we live in this clown world, monetary financial system is the only way the markets can go back up is if Jerome Powell and the Fed posture, not only posture, but also follow through with printing more money uh, and easing rates or keeping them at around zero where they, where they exist now. Um, I don't think we're going to see a rate hike this year, the way markets are reacting. I believe from when I read the analysis of uh, the Fed uh, the FOMC meeting is they weren't as hawkish, which means they weren't as 
uh, ardent about raising rates. So it seems like they're already s- sort of backing away from from rate rises. There, I think there's zero percent chance in hell that they actually raise rates. Everybody's like, they got to raise them to decrease them again. But I just don't think. They, well, they might raise them a little bit, but not substantially. I mean, they raised them like 25 bips, if that. Yeah. I don't think. Well, that's- I mean, you had a tweet that said they are not going to raise it a single bip. Not a single bip. Not a single basis. Yeah, that's bip. probably wrong. I don't think. I don't think they're going to raise rates, dude. I don't think they're even going to fuck with it because tiny amount, like a little bit. One bip would very like little bit. Alan Farrington uh, hopped in that there. That would be a great troll, though. They were just like, all right, one bip, one basis yeah. point. Just, 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 uh, just so JCJ can prove you wrong. Yes. I hope so. Hey, if you're listening, that would be a great troll. Then we'd know you're listening to the show, Juicy J. If you just do, but yeah, one, they can't. They rise. can't substantially raise raise rates without crashing everything, and uh, that would fuck over rich people because poor people don't own assets. Um, so, when has the U.S. government tried to fuck over rich people? Never. But hey, the Fed, the Federal Reserve. Talk about another uh, Orwellian. Naming here, the Federal Reserve is not part of the government. It has nothing to do with the federal government. It is a private entity. However, none of this matters because if you follow the shadow to flow model, Bitcoin will pump on February 2nd. <laughs> the shadow to flow model. Stock to flow is getting getting its uh, its face oh, rubbed it in the mud been. right now. I'm very happy we never... Never. <laughs> never. You can you can be happy. Check the tapes, freaks. Check the tapes. We've never pumped stock to flow model. I mean, stock to flow as a concept is very interesting. Um, I do agree with the concept. I don't think the model popularized by plan B is something that you should be following and expecting to happen play out in real life. February 2nd, baby. Shout out to flow. Let's go. Everybody set your block clocks. Next shout out. Sometimes I hate you freaks. I farted and now my dick hurts from the fart. (laughs) Please get to the shout out. (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dick hurts from the fart. Yes, the fart was from my butt. Is there some vegan nerve connect? My, this doesn't even make sense. My penis and buttocks. I would go to doc, but not vaxxed. Fuck my dick hurt from ass gas. We'll film butt, my butt farting when they release the Pentagon 9-11 tapes. They'll never release them. AKA never. Not going to happen. Want to see butt farting? Sorry, boys. Got to be in real life. TLDR. Dick ass butt fart now penis hurts. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this or where your mind is. You need help. You need to seek help. We appreciate your support, freak. Thank you. We do. Thank you for the uh, one hundred thirty-one thousand five hundred sixty-three sets over the Lightning Network. Oh wait, no, that was on chain. So somebody could probably do on chain analysis and find that transaction. Um, don't dox our address, please. The on to the list. Get help. Seek help. I'm just going to... Uh, the freak who wrote that. Seek help. That's all I'll say. Yeah, medical and mental. Mental help. Stay classy. That's right, X-Frog. Uh, software updates, as always. Uh, these updates have been released in the last week. Unless there's uh, a critical vulnerability or a bug patch in any of them. Probably don't need to rush to go update these, but you should be aware that these updates are available. Uh, Phoenix version 1.4.20 has been released. Fisk version 1.8.2 has been released. Zap version 0.6, excuse me, 0.7.6 beta has been released. Joinbox version 0.6.6 has been released. 
BTC Pay Server version 1.4.0 has been released. Uh, I'll note on this, I updated this today, and it is a pretty massive UI overhaul. Um, it was a bit jarring when I when I signed back into BTC Pay in a good way. It's uh, the design is is much uh, much cleaner. What has changed? Uh, just the UI. Uh, what I don't know from the feature set. Um, they changed. I, think I like, saw Ellen URL auth was added. I was, they fixed some bugs too. Um, add Ellen URL auth support as second factor authentication. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that. Uh, 2FA with your lightning node. That's pretty cool. Uh, da, 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 da. But yeah, the UI... I assume is, that's for the back end, right? Like when you're managing your BTC Pay store? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and then the UI layout's completely different. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I will say that it is uh, a bit weird for the shout-outs. Uh, reading them, the the format of the shout-outs in the text What, on the field. new interface? Yeah, it's a bit clunky. I gotta find it. It's, I'm just not used to. It. I mean, I'm getting used to the new layout. I have developed tendencies for the shoutouts over the last however many years that we've we've been doing them. And, are we gonna get? Are we? Don't forget to do shoutouts this episode. When are we gonna do shoutouts? <laughs> thank you for the shoutouts, freaks. If you wanna, <laughs> thank you for the shoutouts. And uh, if you're contributing via podcasting 2.0 app, uh, found app disclaimer, personal investor. Matt's a big fan of them. TFTC, Citadel Dispatch 1 and 2 in terms of Bitcoin podcasts on the Fountain app. You guys are listening via the Fountain app and contributing to the show. Thank you very much. If you want to get rid of the... Appreciate you, freaks. We do. We'd love to get rid of the six minutes worth of ads in the beginning. If you listen via apps like Fountain, Sphinx, Breeze, uh, and many other podcasting apps that are podcasting 2.0 enabled, you can stream us sats as you listen. We very much thank you. And Oscar from Fountain, if you're listening, I will be uh, transitioning the pod, the TFTC Podcasting 2.0 wallet to Fountain, but this is an experiment. It'll be custodial for a little bit. They're adding non-custodial support, but this is so that we can read uh, boostograms that are coming from listeners listening on the Fountain app. So if you listen on the Fountain app and you stream a sats and you want to boost us like you can on Sphinx Chat, you can include a message similar to the shout out on that. We're going to have to figure out how to um, separate shout outs from the boostograms, but we'll figure it out. I think it's a cool little feature. Um, but again, I mean, you can also like natively read it from L and yeah, using we, command line. DJ hasn't written a scraper for that to, and I'm not going to do it myself. So um, DJ, if you're listening, if you want to build that scraper, maybe we can do that. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's Wait, did you just tell Oscar or found did you just like confirm with him through the pod? Was that your Yeah, we had a call earlier this week where he walked me yeah. through like the podcaster wallet in the app. It's really cool. They're innovating very quickly. Again, disclaimer. Personally invested in Fountain, but Matt can uh, is not personally invested. He can not att- invested in Fountain. I like it. It's my favorite podcasting 2.0 interface alongside Breeze Wallet. Yeah. Breeze with two E's and a Z. Because we love naming schemes. And <laughs> Car's giving uh, Fountain the thumbs up as Oscar's well. Car's friends with Oscar. Shout out to Oscar and team. Nick's Bitcoin version 0.0.63 has been released. Sphinx Relay version 2.2.5 has been released. Lightning Terminal version 0.6.2 Alpha has been released. And that is it for the 
software updates this week. If you're, again, if you're running any of these softwares, uh, it doesn't seem like there's any critical vulnerabilities that these updates are patching. I would go check out the release notes and ask yourself if you, if you would like the features included in these release these releases and download it if you want it. Um, on to the end of the list here. Uh, Satoshi Energy raises 60 Bitcoin with a focus on Bitcoin mining infrastructure. Uh, disclaimer, 1031 was included in this round. Um, but yeah, these guys are helping Bitcoin miners source energy. They have a focus on uh, on what some would deem to be renewable energy. Uh, so the seed funding is a significant milestone for our company as we build a market-leading strategy for Bitcoin miners to procure low-cost renewable power and transform the future of energy finance. And Satoshi Energy said in a statement to Bitcoin Magazine. Um, this is, in my opinion, just another uh, highlight that the energy sector and the Bitcoin mining sector are beginning to merge. They are converging. They will be synonymous by the end of the decade. If you run an energy company, you will have Bitcoin mining operations implemented at some point in your stack. It is inevitable. There's a lot of people in the oil and gas world who are getting annoyed about how much Bitcoin talk is happening in the oil and gas world. Uh, you're Luddites. Uh, it is inevitable. Uh, you are going to be Bitcoin mining uh, by the end of the decade, and I would expect it to actually be sooner. But as we know, throughout uh, leaps forward and in innovations throughout history, there are a lot of people who who just don't uh, don't want to go on with with the new trends and so there will be holdouts but what do you think about this Matt? do bitcoin coolest miners... part of this you haven't mentioned is, is the that bitcoin they did this raise denominated in bitcoin yes nominated in bitcoin they're on the bitcoin stand. yeah that's pretty fucking cool i mean we're trying to normalize it i don't want to like point it out i said they raised yeah. 60 bitcoin yeah. 60 bitcoins 60 bitcoin you said it uh, 60 Bitcoin. We caught you. <laughs> we just called you. Check the tapes, freaks. Uh, what's, what is that? Uh, six billion sats? Six billion no. sats? Yeah. More. No, it's six billion no, sats. Six billion sats, yeah. Yeah, six billion sats. Six, six billion sats. How many bits? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I honestly, somebody over the weekend, and I know we were like, let's not talk about it's not important. I thought it was like 100,000 sats in a bit. They were like, no, it's 100. I was like, see, exactly. Like it's, it's 60 million bits, right? There's a million bits in a, in a Bitcoin. A million bits in a Bitcoin, yeah. So it's 60, a million, 60 million bits and 6 billion sats. Yes. And Groundhog's Day is February 2nd. Yes. Never forget, freaks. Never forget. Uh, back to the energy sector. Like, What do you think? Do you think energy companies become the biggest miners? Or do you think Bitcoin miners, the biggest miners, become energy companies? Uh, See, like being close to this, obviously, having worked at Great American Mining, being on the board of Cathedral, like these energy companies are going to get it. They have the lowest cost. Yeah, it's the second. It's the the energy companies are going to dominate. Yeah, because it's harder to become an energy company than it is to become a Bitcoin miner. Yes, I agree. So Bitcoin miners out there, beware! Like maybe this is a a nation. A lot of the energy companies like have like borderline de facto government protected monopolies. Too. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, like, they have what, that ad- advantage. So, large Bitcoin miners, I'd highly recommend that you develop strategies that include becoming an energy provider yourself. I mean, I mean this may just be like for Bitcoin's 13. 
the way the mining industry has progressed up to this point in time may just be an anomaly driven by enthusiasts like ourselves that allowed uh, Bitcoiners to develop these large mining operations. But in the future, the big energy companies are going to come and be like, yeah, we actually have access to the lowest cost, uh, the, the lowest price point of the energy. We're pretty good at extracting it and turning it into electricity. So we're just going to do this. So if you're a massive mining operation, you should be thinking about this uh, very, very seriously and be implementing it into your roadmap. How are you going to become an energy company? And if you're not, how are you going to convince the energy companies that they should acquire you or uh, work closely with you as a contractor or partner, however you want to phrase it. This is pretty fucked up and infuriating. The IRS is beginning to require selfies for some services using third-party company, which is ID.me, correct? Yeah. And the, the guy who runs ID.me is supposedly... A spook. Extremely questionable. They've had pretty massive data breaches in the past too, haven't they? And they, obviously they're a facial recognition company. Um, yeah, this is not great. I mean, it's starting with uh, niche services like the child tax credit update portal. Um, but expect this to go across the board. And I, I think this is a very um, poignant uh, example of that KYC isn't just a Bitcoin thing. It is you know, permeating every aspect of our lives. Uh, as Bitcoiners, we obviously focus on the Bitcoin specific things, um, but they're going to make it, the US government is going to make it harder and harder to be a law abiding citizen while still protecting your privacy and protecting your personal information. IRS wants uh, your face. This is just one another example, you know? Yeah, it's so fucked. We don't, not, we don't live in a free country. Matt doesn't like me IRS bashing, but we don't live in a free country, Bill. <laughs> Just prop prop vote. Do we live in a Make free America country? free again, Bill? <laughs> please, please. God damn it, please. Well, I think America at the federal level is fallen. I don't think we're ever going to claw back. That's why I think that's why I'm here in Texas. I have faith that Texas will stand up for individual rights. Uh, what are the weed laws like? They're pretty bad. Yeah. There's a bunch of people smoking pot here in Austin, though. It's like, I've never had problems smoking pot in my life. It's, it's, I had a college buddy who got charged with a felony for having like a dime bag. A dime bag in Texas? Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was a while ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say how many years ago that was, but it was a bit ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, you don't need the wacky tobacco. However, with that being said, regardless of the Texas, good thing, tobacco doesn't have nicotine in it. So whether it's uh, whether it's Texas or some other states, I do think we should be leaning on states to protect individual rights moving forward. I don't think the federal government's going to do it. They've completely lost the plot. They're completely co-opted. They're completely uh, against individual sovereignty and civil liberties. They want to control. I mean, the selfie stuff for the IRS is insane. <laughs> they. And like, at least like, if you're going to force us to take selfies, like at least do it yourself, like have a first party, like take some of our tax money. You're expecting and, the government and, to do that? To build and, a facial recognition it, system? It doesn't even have to be a fucking facial recognition system. Just like upload a selfie. You know, I don't know. It's a horrible policy, but the third party company is even worse. Um, it just shows like this corporate government partnership 
where you have corporate surveillance, you have government surveillance, they work hand in hand together. Um, and what, it should basically just be considered one and the same at this point. And what the and he recently, the CEO recently made some bullshit claims about how they don't do like one to many face recognition and then just walked it back. There's like a lot of sketchiness that's happening there. Yes. Um, and what did yeah. Mussolini define the, the combining of, of government and corporate actors? It's fascism. Thank you. It's fascism. It's here. It's here, freaks. You don't live in a free country. You live in a fascist. It's been here for a bit, but yeah. Live in a fascist oligarchic stake. The sooner you realize that, the better. I mean, America is not free. The United States is not free. Many countries throughout the world are not free. I don't know. Like We need to fight back for this. You can do it peacefully with Bitcoin. You can take your, take your privacy back. You can take your sovereignty back. Take your private property back. Bitcoin enables this. We're literally in the fight of our lives, the fight of our future. <laughs> we live in a fascist oligarchic state and they want to take everything from you. They want to take everything from you and they're actively moving to do it. I mean, doing it slowly but surely. This is the theme of this podcast. I mean, it started with the Bank Secrecy Act. It started before that with the Federal Reserve Act, you could argue. Bank Secrecy Act stepped it up a bit. The Patriot Act stepped it up a bit. The CARES Act stepped it up a bit. This America Competes Act is going to step it up a bit. The Build Back Better Act is going to step it up a bit. The Green New Deal is going to step it up a bit. These are not... <laughs> the Green New Deal is another one we didn't mention. Like, it's the Green New Deal. Bitcoin's the Green New Deal. The Orange New Deal. It's... Uh, Doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting quoted on Twitter already. The U.S. government is going to make it harder and harder to be a law-abiding citizen while still protecting your privacy and protecting your personal information. Why are you on Twitter, Marty? You give me shit about looking at the live chat and you're on Twitter? I don't know. You called me out. You caught me. I'm sorry. Press the retweet button, though. <laughs> okay. Close the window. <laughs> well, uh, next list on its her next topic on the list. Next list on the topic. Next topic on the list is I'm Twitter. getting shadow banned, Marty. <laughs> yeah, you are. Let's talk about that before we go on to the next. Step. What's that been like? What'd you do? You tweeted out uh, a picture of an empty shopping cart. And got it was a funny meme. and you're making fun of Bitcoin. You're making fun of Bitcoin. It's not even like you're making fun of the yeah. US government. Well, no, it's it was I was like. The beauty of the meme was, right, it's that meme that it's like your shopping cart gets smaller and smaller every time. It was a while ago, Car. Uh, your shopping cart, it was like uh, six days ago. Your shopping cart has less and less stuff in it if you have fiat, but it has more and more if it has Bitcoin. And just in either situation, your shopping cart's empty now. <laughs> it's just grocery prices are going up. Bitcoin's crashing. But yeah, I got shadow banned for this. People couldn't see the tweet. And then my tweets since have all been... They're like hidden under a suspicious activity uh, Veil. banner. Even I, I had I had Greg Zaj, uh, fuck you, Greg, uh, DM me my own tweet, and when he DM'd me this tweet, it was it was blocked under a suspicious activity to my myself. He tweeted he he DM'd my tweet to me, and they had it hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Then you had a, uh, but you had a tweet that went fucking there crazy viral. I, tweet, I, I, I texted you over the weekend. What was the tweet you sent out that was like getting? Can't stop the signal. Yeah. Well, both of those tweets, that tweet went crazy. Uh, the shopping cart tweet did really well. Um, what was the other tweet? 
I forget. Here, I'll go to our, our chat. Because I remember being like, holy shit, you're shadow banned. And this is doing fucking numbers right now. Um, yeah, I'm still shadow banned. Well, anyway, freaks. Uh, Twitter's my last stand on social media. I have no other social media accounts. Um, so if you want to... If, when I eventually get banned from from it, you can you can find me in the TFTC and, and Citadel chat rooms on Matrix. That's TFTC.chat and Citadel.chat. I am not opening up a, another social media account. Yeah. The one I tweeted, it was a great rally cry tweet. Uh, if Bitcoin fails, we are all fucked. All Governments right. and corporations would have complete and total control of money with the ability to track, seize, and censor at will. It's that simple. Life is short and there is no mission I would rather be focused on. All in, no regrets. I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah, that was the funny thing. They tried to shadow, they're like trying to fuck with me and <laughs> with that tweet got like insane engagement. Yeah. Well, it's it not great, very effective. It's a great tweet. And as we've been saying throughout this episode, it is literally, it's all, it's Bitcoin is an imperative freak. So yeah, I'm sure if you're here and you're listening, you understand this, but I think we need to get this message permeated throughout the rest of society. Without Bitcoin, we are absolutely butt-fucked moving into the digital age. Like we're just going to become a lube company if Bitcoin fails. That's going to be, that's going to be our pivot if, if Bitcoin fails. We're so fucked. <laughs> we're just going to sell lube. It's, uh, we're all going to get fucked in the ass by the government in the fashion. That's like my favorite. First of all, I'm, I really don't think we're in like a 2018-style bear market, but I've been wrong in the past. Uh, so it's best to operate under the assumption that we are going into one and just make sure you're as humble as possible and you keep stacking regardless. Um, but uh, my favorite, like when the price is crashing, my favorite meme is the, you know, like you're like four beers deep with your Bitcoin buddies and you're just like, what if we're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that conversation gets dark real quick. <laughs> Oh fuck! My father-in-law is gonna beat me. <laughs> it would be so bad. I just like wouldn't. I would just go live in a cabin in the woods and just like not talk to people anymore. Yeah, and like I think we are it. legitimately all in. Like there is, there is like everything is on this financially, socially, intellectually, uh, publicly, oh, <laughs> literally <It's>, everything, <laughs> all in. Ah. Uh. It's an imperative freaks. It, it really is. On a more serious note, like this is, this is the fight. And as somebody who's got a child and another one on the way, like I do not want them to grow up in this fucking digital panopticon. I will not allow it. I'll try not to allow it. Hopefully we get more people to join the cause, take custody of their coins and use Bitcoin and call out, call out all these evil people around the world. They're all fucking evil. They're demonic. Again, they're... Okay, we... we for your sake, Matt, we'll use uh, we'll use good arguments. They they are restricting your freedoms. They don't care about you. Like just look at their actions. They'll say things again. They say things with these acts: Patriot Act, Green New Deal, Build Back Better. They say all these peachy things. If you actually look at the implementation of what uh, the the policies policies that they're talking about and that are supposed to do nice things, they actually do very bad things to you. Um, inhibit your ability to. Actually, live free. Live free. Live free or die. Shout out Jay Stark. Live free or die, motherfucker. Like, life's not worth worth living if you're not fucking free. I will not be a pod person. I will not be a fucking cattle. Rest in peace, Jay Stark. R.I.P. Jay Stark. 
Uh, Puerto Rico. Tax breaks for outsiders is staring outrage. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of Bitcoiners historically and continually that moved to Puerto Rico because they're two percent income tax. Is that what it is? No, it's the cap gains is a big thing, and it's really fucked up actually because it's not if you're if you're a local, you're not eligible for it. It's only for new immigrants. Yeah, so you have a bunch of hedge funders and and rich. And Bitcoin people and crypto people and but yeah. like all just a lot of rich people are coming to the island. They get beneficial tax status, and the locals don't get it. It's pretty. It's it's pretty remarkably fucked up. Yes. to be quite honest. Like it's not Bitcoin's fault. You know, it's not. I wouldn't say it's not the individual's fault who's coming. It is an approach. I kind of understand. You know, they want to. You know, they're. They're really struggling as an economy. They're trying to bring new businesses and and rich people to the to the island, but it is really fucked up that locals can't take advantage of it. Yeah, not really fair if you think about it. And what and like what is it? And if you're Puerto Rico too, like wouldn't you want to incentivize your local community, the, the people native to your island, to actually build and innovate? And you can argue that. They're actually disincentivized to do that because other people are just going to come in and get better tax breaks. Like, why would I go through all the hard work to actually start something productive and additive to our society when other people are just going to come in and save more money than I would ever be able to hope to make? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of things broken with Puerto Rico. Uh, they, you know, they would go bankrupt if they could, but they're not allowed to go bankrupt. Uh, so is, it, is that because of um, big old US? They're purely desperate. What? It's because of the big old US of A, we won't let them. States can go bankrupt, but Commonwealths can't. Territory. Oh, you know Pennsylvania is so a Commonwealth. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is unique in it that they can't. They can't go bankrupt. Pennsylvania is technically a Commonwealth uh, too. I don't think so. I, I am from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a Commonwealth. So you can look it up. Yeah, but it's not like it's different kind of Commonwealth. It is it's Penn- a state. Puerto I'm Rico so, is not a state. I'm trying to search is Pennsylvania a commonwealth and the first one that comes up is Pennsylvania safe? I think so. Philadelphia gets pretty North Philly. That's not the question, Marty. I know. Uh, is a commonwealth. There's a distinction there. <laughs> Maybe Pennsylvania is a commonwealth and a state, but it's a state and Puerto Rico is Cont- only a commonwealth. It is not a state. It's not only Pennsylvania either. It's Kentucky, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, all states. They're all states. Distinction doesn't mean they are any different. Okay, there's no. They use it. I guess it's just a. They call themselves commonwealths, but they are treated like states. Yes. So Puerto Rico is unique in this regard. Yeah, Puerto Rico is not a state. It's like it's a territory. It's a territory. Yeah. It's such. I don't even get that stuff too. Like they can vote. They don't have the same rights. They can't. They can't vote. I'm pretty sure they can. I don't think they can. Can Puerto Ricans vote? Federal voting rights and Puerto Rico voting rights and United States citizens who live in Puerto Rico. Voting rights of residents of other. Can they vote? I think so. They differ, but like. They can vote in some elections. I don't think I don't think they can. We got Daniel Legler saying they can't. 
Residents of Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories do not have voting representation in the United States Congress. Okay, they can't. Well, they don't have Congress, but I, they can. They, they, I don't think they can vote in the presidential election either. The United States Constitution grants congressional voting representation to U.S. states, which Puerto Rico and other oh, U.S. Unincorporated I love territory. We have, we have all these different comments about like what uh, Puerto Rico's status is, and then we just have shop boys in there going, I visited in 2019. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Great. I want to go to Rincon. I want to, I want to surf Rincon, but now do Guam. <laughs> well, I guess it's all fucking like, uh, hopefully in the digital age, they can't vote either. Yeah. We need to get back to like, they're farther away. Let's get back to sovereign city States. And that, that create uh, trade deals with each other. Just free and open trade behind sovereign city states that have their own laws and people can go live where they want. I am sorry you didn't get the skydive shot, boys. That's a shame. That's on you. Take some personal responsibility. <laughs> uh, well, this was this was uh, state politics with with your friends at Rabbit Hole Recap. <laughs> we have one more topic on the list, which I'll let Matt take over. They finally, after many, many months of deliberation, chosen the 30 open source projects that are going to get free four-day passes to Bitcoin 2022. Use the other link, Car. Remember I dropped it in Telegram? Okay. Uh, so this I'm pretty excited about. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th to 9th. We're going to have an open source conference hall. Uh, that fits 2,000 people. But in addition to that, uh, we have this open source ticket program that we started in October. Um, we're expanding the ticket program previously. Uh, so now we're adding another 24 projects. So we have a list of 30 projects here, open source projects here that are going to get any contributor to them that has done a commit before October 1st, because we don't want people to go spam these projects with commits, uh, can apply for a free four-day pass to Bitcoin 2022. Um, it's been in the works for a couple months. I'm very excited to finally have it out there. Um, if you already bought a ticket, you're not going to get a refund, but you, you're welcome to sell or transfer the tickets. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I love all these projects. I love our open source contributors. We're so lucky to have them. Uh, I'm, I'm truly grateful to our open source community. This movement would not be possible without them. Um, and if you're not an open source contributor, consider becoming one. Some of these, you're, you're eligible even if you, you know, before October 1st, if you did documentation changes or, um, you know, text edits, grammar edits, like these projects need a lot of support that's not just dev or engineering focus. Um, and this ticket program is open to all of them. Uh, and if you're not, if you don't feel like doing that either, um, we have, I have that code, uh, code open source that gets you 21% off. And I'm being told that don't share that on Twitter as a reminder. Again, I don't get any money from that code, but, uh, if it gets shared on Twitter, like it seems very close to them removing that code for me. And if they do so remove it, you can use the code TFTC for 10% off for 10%. Yeah. So you should try and use the 21% code until that gets removed. Cause that's just basic math. But if it doesn't work, the code TFTC will get you ten percent off. I mean, I get twenty one percent off. But and that reminds me, we also Bitblock Boom. We have three codes for Bitblock Boom. 
that we also don't get paid for, which is TFTC, RHR, and Dispatch. False. And they all get you the same percent off. So I don't even just use one of them. Doesn't really matter. Gary. And something to I add. love good block boom. I do too. But yeah, this is so each one of these has the logo. Not only do we have the logo of the projects, if you click them, it takes you to their repo. It takes you to their GitHub or GitLab. Some of the projects use GitLab. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, this isn't good. Somebody I'm uh, getting made aware here, Carl. I'll put this uh, in the group chat that. Uh, Trezor isn't the only one complying with that Swiss travel rule. So I said Bitbox is. Bitbox, Trezor, Blue Wallet. Looks like, is that Sparrow? Edge, Mount Pelerin. Well, Edge is garbage. No one should use it. Or will soon have. So the following wallets already have or will soon have built-in support for AOPP. Um, yeah, Sparrow. What's going on with that? I don't know. I'm. I, is this on the Treasures website? Um, I'm not sure. What is the? I'm responding now. What's the source here? It could be uh, like Sparrow. If you use a Treasure with Sparrow, it supports it. Hmm. And it looks like Sparrow is removing AOPP with the next release. Oh. Uh. I wonder what the deal is with that. I got to talk to Craig. Craig's going to be at Bitcoin 2022 and he's going to be speaking on the open source stage. And Sparrow is listed as one of the open source projects. So is Blue Wallet. Uh, that they get their contributors get free tickets. So, yeah, shame, publicly shame if they're complying with this. Um, you're on our side, not the Swiss government side, wallet providers. Okay. No KYC only.com or go list in Citadel Dispatch 51. Dispatch.com slash CD51. Um, that was it for the list, but it, we're at that part of the cycle where I just get so many fucking emails. Shoegate. No, we forgot bringing, the last item on the list. No, we're not going to shoot. I mean, whatever. Somebody wrote an article about Shoegate. I will shoo every, everybody <laughs> I want to. Da, 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 da. Marty's trying to censor. Marty's trying to censor the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's just a good parody. Uh, Who is the author of this again? Young Remy. Young Remy. Remington. Remington Lebo. Remington Lebo. Shoegate Rider 2022. Rider die big corner right there. We stand with you, Remington. Look, he's invading my personal space. Look at him leaning in there. You literally what invited you him upstairs. You invited him upstairs into the into the studio, handed him a pair of headphones. And then this clip happened. Yeah, because that was done. He 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 said his piece. He should. He said he just wants to. He He's not getting. He's not getting. He's not getting anything. I'll get another shoe in the face. He's not careful. I don't give a fuck. The Bens can keep going all they want. Uh, we got Tyler in the comments. Marty is a monster. Let's be real. I am. I am a monster. Okay. Not easy doing this. Um, I just want to make a note. Done the list. Shoegate's over. Uh, I get these fucking emails. 
it's a well first shoe. Yeah, it is lacrosse. There's a lot of risks in the lacrosse game. I really enjoyed the first the first sentence of that Shoegate article. We're not going back to it. Okay. The, Where they like talked about the different everyone should go read the article. It's we're a here. very well informed piece oh, yeah. of journalism. What is it? Watergate, Watergate, Pizzagate, Sharpie Gate, Bill Gates. What do they have all in common? The word gate. It's true. Well, like the word gate, like they're all one word. Like the gate is whatever. Uh, PR firms for shitcoin companies email me incessantly. <laughs> it's becoming like a point where like I'm getting, like, I might have yeah, to like, switch bad. my email. Uh, like, because obviously with the RSS feed, you associate an email with it and people are emailing me in and out. And like, Yeah, that's if, where they get it from, the RSS feed. If you're if you're a PR firm and you want your shit coiner to come on the podcast, number one, it's never going to happen. But number two, please like have enough respect to actually like match up the subject line with your copy and pasted email. Uh, so here we have a subject line, Tales from the Crypt, a Bitcoin podcast guest request, Eric Chen, CEO and co-founder of Injective Labs. Hi, Marty. We're a potential future guest on the Bad Crypto Podcast. This isn't the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm assuming it is a bad podcast. because Maybe he's just saying our show is a bad crypto podcast. Maybe. She, Madeline. Madeline, come correct if you're going to come in my inbox. Uh, I'd like to offer you Eric Chen. You're offering him to me. You're offering. You're just going to offer this dude that you're representing? I mean, I, I is think this a sexual advance? Is this a sexual advance, Madeline? I mean... <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I think they should know their audience and they can go fuck themselves. But it's kind of bad form to just read emails on air. I'm sorry, I don't care. I honestly don't care because uh, this is a product incubated by Binance and backed by Mark Cuban. So have fun staying poor. No, I, I don't think this is bad form. They're <laughs> spamming my inbox. What's that I don't that? know. It's not like I'm reading her last name and putting her email out there. I mean, you read Eric Chen's last name. Yeah, I mean, he's public. <laughs> it's it's not like I'm giving Who away the fuck his email. Is Eric Chen. Exactly. Like, stop trying to get these people on the podcast. <laughs> That's one thing. Don't ask to come on the podcast. If I want somebody on the podcast, I will reach out to you. Eric, you, if you're listening, unsubscribe. Even Bitcoiners. I have Bitcoiners who ask me. It's like, I will ask you when I want you to come on. You should just respond to them all caps unsubscribe. <laughs> I, I should. I should. I did do that to a to a bent subscriber the other week. Boop. <laughs> drop my uh, drop my water there. All right, we're done. I got to get to Houston soon. Um, I mean, we're done with the list. We have some time to chat. Anything on top of your mind, sir? Um. No, I Shit's, got nothing. Shit, serious. I mean, I uh, yeah. I mean, I really do think that you know we should be like, as Bitcoiners, we should be pretty much operating under the expectation that we're on war footing here, and that we're going to have attacks from every angle, and that the first attack was KYC, and it's just really frustrating that I feel like people aren't taking that threat really seriously. Um. Yeah, it is a silent war. I mean, we're we're in World War Three outside of Bitcoin, and it's already we're deep in the World War Three already. It's not a kinetic war. Like wars of years past, uh, Bitcoiners are a meta war within that war. 
and and we're we're being attacked by all angles. Um, I have something to talk about. Um, this was like the first real cycle where I'm getting paid in Bitcoin. Oh uh, yeah, so you tweet um, about this. And we obviously had the whole paid in Bitcoin movement that blew up this year with athletes and stuff. It is like, it is absolutely brutal income tax treatment on Bitcoin if the price dumps. It is fucking brutal as fuck. And like, I feel like people talk about cap gains, people talk about the injustices of cap gains and how that is dealt with and the extra burden that that provides. But no one really talks about how income tax is handled. Um, you marked the market at the time of receipt. Right. So like, let's say, let's say you received um, a $10,000 paycheck and we were at $65,000 Bitcoin and you received that in Bitcoin, right? You owe income tax on $10,000. So if you're getting taxed at like 30 to 40% on your income tax, you owe $4,000 in tax on that $10,000 worth of Bitcoin you received in last spring or whatever. But now Bitcoin is at $35,000. So your Bitcoin that was worth 10,000 is now worth like 5,000 and you owe $4,000 worth of taxes on it. So you've made $1,000 because you held the Bitcoin instead of immediately selling it when you received it as payment. And guess what? You're giving those tax dollars to a government that allocates it terribly inefficiently and does nothing to actually make your life better, but in fact makes it worse by hiring a bunch of incredibly stupid people to thrust more bureaucratic regulations on your life. Like taxes. That is fucking brutal, right? Like that yeah. is like, that is pretty insane. Like obviously the price goes up, then it's, it's, it's great. But if the price goes down and dumps, it is, it is really bad. And then, Oh dude, of course, when it goes back up again, eventually then you're going to have to pay cap gains on that. Dude. One thing we didn't have on the list, which may actually pertain to this is the IMF coming after El Salvador to rescind their designation as Bitcoin as legal tender. We should have had that on the list. So we're going to talk about it now. Like, Why did they do that? The IMF came out and they said, all right, you guys can have your citizens use Bitcoin wallets and transact in Bitcoin. However, <laughs> we, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, an unelected banking institution, a supranational banking institution that nobody asked for, uh, we're going to pretend like we have authority over you. We're going to tell you to rescind your designation as Bitcoin of Bitcoin as legal tender. Uh, why are they doing that? Your citizens can use it, but you can't designate as legal tender. And I think it has to do with something that many people were talking about when the Bitcoin law first became a law in September, which is the way that a lot of these international trade deals are set up is that if one country within uh, any of these international trade deals designate something as legal tender. It has to be recognized legal tender as. Yeah, whatever happened to that? Well, I think this is. I think this is a bubbling of that coming back, and the IMF's trying to not say it overtly, but is trying to strong arm like that because if uh, the countries involved in these trade right. agreements are actually going to respect them, then all of them have to recognize Bitcoin as legal tender. And so, I mean, that's also the issue. That right? That's that's the issue with this income tax thing, right? Which is is that your taxes are denominated in 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 dollars yes uh, at the time of receipt if they were denominated in bitcoin then it doesn't really matter 
what happens to the Bitcoin price between the time you receive the income to the time you have to pay pay the tax, right? Because it'll just be whatever, 30% or 40, whatever your tax bracket is, depending on which state you live in, whatnot. Um, it would just be of the Bitcoin denominated amount. But because it's a fiat and the price dumps at the same time, it is just fucking, it is, it is, it is insane. Yeah. And I think there is something there with the IMF calling it out. I think they're unintentionally, but uh, like highlighting that like it being legal tender is a problem for these trade deals or the countries involved in those trade deals because then they then have to recognize Bitcoin as legal tender as well. Um, yeah, I don't know like how valid that is, but we'll see. I mean, well, I think it's valid contractually in I mean the look, trade I deals, however, like, they probably won't recognize it. They'll just they'll just gloss over it and be like, like, this doesn't mean anything anymore. Imagine trying like you can't go to Target and pay pesos. No. And I can't pay my That's taxes for pesos. No. And if I receive pesos as income, it's marked to dollars at the time that I receive it. Yeah. We need some. So what? What's the deal? What? What's going on here? That doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't flow. Well, doesn't I think follow. It, I think it has to do with the internet. So it ha- definitely has to do with the trade deal. Yeah, I guess if El Salvador wanted to force a foreign country to accept Bitcoin when they're purchasing goods, that would be the case. Where like they have to. I guess it's a country to country deal. So yeah, it probably doesn't pertain to the income tax discussion that we're having. Um, I just wonder, like, if we're gonna see. So like I used a $10,000 example, right? Uh, but some of these athletes put millions of dollars in. So all those numbers are, are higher. I wonder if we're going to see like a blowback FUD. I was like kind of like, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to even talk about this because, you know, prices down, people are just being drama queens all over the place. Uh, so like I knew I was going to get accused of FUD, but I really do think this could be like a fun FUD line that we see in 2022 if the price stays depressed, which is like the play, some of the players and celebrities that got paid in Bitcoin, um, basically using it as an argument against Bitcoin, even though it's really an argument against the taxes, burdensome regulatory environment, right? Like it's not Bitcoin's fault. Um, but it could be an interesting narrative to watch. Yeah, pull it up. Hold up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could see it being fun. Okay, so here's what Kate Long tweeted back in or June, excuse me, before. It was the day after uh, Bukele or Jack Mallers announced that El Salvador was adopting Bitcoin. Okay, let's dig in. Here's a too long to read. If El Salvador adopts legislation to make Bitcoin legal tender, it likely gets status as money, so treated on par with foreign currency by banks, possibly gets cash accounting treatment under USGAAPIFRS. Uh, solves Bitcoin adverse accounting. So it would just be like an accounting thing you'd be able to use. Yeah, but she also tweeted this out like right after last year's Groundhog Day. No, this was June 8th. This is the day after they announced. (laughs) You're messing up Groundhog Day. We we went over this February. I mean, it was a couple months after Groundhog Day. My point is it was last year, right? Like this is, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a backdoor way to enable banks to handle Bitcoin may solve Bitcoin's Lower of cost or market accounting problem. Politicized immigration debate in the U.S. probably comes into play 
two incumbents will try to block this. Well, they were unsuccessfully able to block it. El Salvador did deny, or excuse me, enact it as legal tender, and now the IMF's trying to get them to rescind it. And fuck you, IMF, the International Monetary Fund. You have no power over anybody. If a sovereign nation decides that they want to adopt what they deem to be a better monetary system, and they want to get away from a centrally planned monetary system and adopt a free market monetary system, who the fuck are you to tell them, no, like, screw you, go away, vampires, devils, reptiles. The IMF urges El Salvador to remove Bitcoin as legal tender. It urges them. Take your urges and do something with them in the corner, IMF. Like, pull up, pull up the head of the IMF, some crazy lady in Germany, whatever. Again, physiognomy is real. Look at these people, Matt. Look at these people. They, like, they're like hall monitors. They look like hall monitors. They don't I look just like feel them. like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of very strong arguments that can be made against these Not organizations her. and people, but you just decide to attack their personal looks all the time, which I feel like hurts the argument. It doesn't hurt the argument. Physiognomy is real. Look at like, you know, I don't think you're going to find it on their page, but <sighs> she's an old German woman with short hair and she wears like pantsuits. That look terrible. Like there's the people like lecturing you. Like you can't use Bitcoin. You can't use Bitcoin because I say so. They're they're the shoe people. <laughs> no, they're not shoe people. They're like the, they're the, the type of people that might shoe a Bitcoiner. They're the they're the soup Nazi guys. They're the no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, a shoe is very sophisticated. Classic. The soup Nazi wag is uh is unsophisticated and comes from a an undeserved. Uh, uh, an undeserved layer of or and undeserved didn't, whatever. Didn't like one of the the shitty rating agencies also downgrade El Salvador yeah. this week or the last S&P. week or something? Yeah, where were you when we needed you to accurately uh, <laughs> I think it was Moody's actually. Where were All you the when, AAA mortgage products or yeah. whatever. Where were you back then when, when you had strippers buying four homes with zero down payments? It was, yep. Those uh, mortgage-backed securities were AAA, apparently. Fucking scam. But they were getting paid by the fucking banks. same banks that were putting them together. Yes. And, then no all... one got, and they all have government monopolies. All the rating agencies have government-sanctioned monopolies. And no one got punished. None. They're still around. People are still using their ratings uh, to trade off of. But also, objectively, uh, I feel like if a president is... You know, buying Bitcoin, keeping it a Bitco, and shit posting on Twitter. Like there might be some argument. There might be some, there might be some argument for a downgrade. Um, yes. Even even though the rating agencies can go fuck themselves. Well, yeah, it will be interesting to see if this Bitcoin bond is successful. Like maybe that that'll be interesting to see how that that yeah. plays out. I mean, it all a lot of it hinges on that Bitcoin bond. Yeah, and they actually um, raise. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. Bitcoin, and to be clear, like their Bitcoin position is a very small part of their annual revenues, GDP, whatnot, yes. treasury. But if they have a full subscribe, fully subscribed Bitcoin bond at a billion dollars, it proves that they can raise capital external to the international uh, debt system that exists. And worst now. comes to worst, they can just take more money from China, who's building their library and their stadium. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be willing to offer it. There's others. Like, other things on the list that we didn't have this week. Russia, Putin came out and said that mining. Uh, well, 
they have like great resources. Well, so first, for the central bank. I left this off because it just seemed like bullshit. <laughs> because it was like first the central bank said they wanted to ban mining, so that had made the rounds. And, and then Putin came out and he was like, "There's a unique place for Bitcoin in Russia or something, right?" Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Russia's posturing one way or another. The seems like they're posturing both ways and another. I mean, speaking of like Russia, Ukraine, you have the warmongering and the 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 chicken shit neoconservatives are are getting very emboldened right now, saying that we need to send troops to the border of Ukraine and Russia, which is unnecessary. I don't even think Ukrainians want that. Um, and you have many in that Ukraine clat. never should have given up their nukes. <laughs> right. You have many in that class. Well, this is all an energy problem. Like it all comes down to natural gas. Like the fact that Europe is politically unwilling to actually extract the natural resources that they have under their land to provide their citizens with, uh, with energy. They're forced to come into confrontation with Russia and Ukraine is the proxy for all that confrontation because they need the natural gas from Russia. Fucking extract your own resources. Stop. What about virtue, Kazakhstan? Start. Stop virtue signaling. And what? What about Kazakhstan? It's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. That the Ukraine stuff's happening. The Kazakhstan stuff is happening with the protest. Kazakhstan's also former Soviet country, very energy rich, massive country on the border of Russia. That was formerly the Soviet Union. Very geopolitically well placed. Uh, saw, both Ukraine, both Ukraine and Kazakhstan have a lot of similarities. Yeah, and I saw an interesting theory this week that uh, this could all be distraction for China coming in on Taiwan too. So that's something to keep an eye on. While all this talk about Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan's going on, like watch China and what they're doing, Hong Kong. People have completely forgot about Hong Kong. Hong Kong. They took down the Tiananmen Square. It took down the Tiananmen Square uh, statue in Hong Kong recently. Hong Kong's been completely taken over by China. There's no free press. There's no free markets. There's no freedom in Hong Kong anymore. Uh, and we got distracted by the COVID outbreak. And China conveniently used that distraction to take over Hong Kong. And um, I would be aware that they're also trying to do this to Taiwan as well. So keep your yeah, eyes Taiwan's peeled for fucked. that. <laughs> and I feel for Hong Kong. We have a lot of Taiwanese freaks that don't like when you say that. They don't they don't believe that. Well, I hope for the best, but I don't think the US will step in. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Do you think the US will step in, Marty? No, no, I don't think we should. You don't think we should? That's a different that's a different question. I don't think they will, and I don't think we should. I'm a bad. I don't think we will, and I think we should. You think we should? You can't get in a hot yeah. war, John. I'm like done with wars. I'm done. It's been our whole life. You know, I don't. I. I, I don't know. I mean, there's pr promises were made to protect Taiwan. Yeah. Okay. If their promises were made, maybe we should protect them. Definitely arm them. We are arming them. Yeah. But anyway, nothing's going to happen. I mean, nothing's <sighs> going to happen from the U.S. side. The U.S. will not step in. Well, the U.S. wants to become China. There's plenty of evidence that China, the CCP specifically, has infiltrated the United States in many ways. I mean, people forget about that Harvard professor. He was a biologist arrested by the FBI for like, so you, giving secrets to China. So China's at war with us, right? 
Yeah, we're in the middle. But you don't think we should fight them? Well, well, I think Bitcoin's the best way to fight them. Like, we need America to adopt Bitcoin completely, like, like, which is like the hard thing because you have to completely sever. Where's the line? That's a good point. I don't know. It's certainly not Uyghur slaves. Uh, We're comfortable with that. China's infiltrated. Dude. They don't show you the NBA. I'm not okay with it. That's above my line. They've infiltrated. Yeah, that's <laughs> above my line as well. They've infiltrated the NBA. They've infiltrated Hollywood. Infiltrated a lot of the the capital allocation uh, industry here in the United States. They're buying a, the CCP via proxy is buying a lot of land here in the United States. They're buying a lot of stock and company. They're infiltrated the university system. Uh, it's pretty pervasive i mean there was something too like texas a&m i believe uh right here in texas they had a shit ton of professors uh like that were proven to be paid by the ccp um to to push propaganda and send state secrets or university secrets back they're to at war with us russia's at war with us and we pretend we're not at war with either of them but they're both posturing, planning, executing against us consistently, and we are just pretending it doesn't exist. Well, there's not, we're, I mean, the United States government isn't because I, they've been co-opted. I mean, our president, like fucking, nobody wants to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, but that's what was on there. Proof that he was, <laughs> he was uh, coordinating with members of the CCP to get the big guy some money, to get some, you would have to assume favors push through or to get the big guy to look the other way when he's president of the United States. Very evident that with this whole Russia stuff too, the Biden family is very well connected uh, with Ukrainian energy companies that have Russian influence as well. Like it's all. So would you, if, 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 if Biden stepped in in Ukraine, would you still believe that or does that, I mean, I mean, I don't think he will, so it doesn't really matter. But would you still, would you like, so you think Biden's in bed with, with Russia? I mean, they're, they're, they're in bed with, they, I think, so I think they play all sides. I don't think they actually care. Like, okay. They're in bed with China, Ukraine, probably Russia to some extent. It's all projection too. You know, it was the thing. They came after Trump. And again, I'm not some like Trump supporter. I thought it was like great, but like, it's hilarious how you see, the corporate media and the political class projects like, oh, Russian bots, Trump's a Russian asset. He was getting peed on in a Russian hotel. All turned out to be fake. And what you really come to find is that the people screaming about all this are heavily influenced by Russia and China. I will say that if you look at a a top-down map of the world with Russia at the top, they're literally just completely surrounded by NATO countries with the two big uh, exclusions to that being Kazakhstan and Ukraine. So there are pretty massive geopolitical ramifications for that yeah. on both sides. Disband NATO, disband the UN. Okay. You want to disband NATO? Yes. When do they Is Russia us? an enemy of the United States or no? I, I want peace on earth. I want free markets. I think we can get that okay. if, we, if we just allow people to actually... Okay. Extract energy resources, use them. I don't. So we just lay down our arms. No, we don't lay down our arms. Putin will just help us with peace on earth. I don't think Putin's going to help us with peace on earth, but I think we create 
the free market facilities that allow people to ignore Putin, which Bitcoin helps with. I, I agree with that. But I just we're not really at that. Do you spot want a kinetic right war? Do you want to go to war? What does war mean? These no, days? I don't want I don't I don't want to I obviously war fucking sucks, right? People die. Uh mm-hmm. I don't want to pay for a war. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I think Russia and China are at war with us right now. And I think it's there's there's a nuanced conversation here. It's not Yes. Um and it's not a kinetic war. You can you have to win the because if you end the kinetic war, it's the end of the world. We all have nukes. Somebody's going to use it. And then the way nuclear came theory works, as soon as one person launches a nuke, the world becomes a nuclear wasteland. Like, so I just think there there was a pivotal point there in 2014 when Russia literally just sent their troops in, took Crimea back. Before uh, that, Georgia. Remember Georgia? And they just they just didn't put the badge on their fucking shirt. And then they just said, those aren't our troops. Right? And there's so there's you have this aging bureaucratic mess that is the U.S. government that just constantly attacks its own citizens. And then there's, there's, it's, it's a paper tiger, right? It's like, it's like, it's not even, they're not even, uh, we have these external aggressors that are, they aren't even doing anything. Yeah. They aren't even, there's no, no one, there's all, with all this talk and with like world war three and everything trending on Twitter, like no one in their right mind actually believes that the Biden administration, I think, actually believes the Biden administration will do anything aggressive. No. They will just stand the fuck by as everything fucking unfolds, as is expected, right? And like part of the reason we're in this situation is because that is the expected outcome. I agree. It's just like, you know, the yeah. Afghanistan war should have never fucking happened, but still. Well, that's what's interesting about, uh, I know people don't like me talking about Donald Trump because they don't like Donald Trump, but that's what's interesting about this. Russia and China working together and Trump was trying very hard to get uh, tough on China with the trade agreements and bringing things home, which is a way to win that that Cold War that we're in right now. So, all right, you're going to fuck with us. like We're going to fuck with you. We're not going to do trade deals with you anymore. We're not going to open up our economy to you. We're not going to allow you to do this. We just lost Matt. They don't like us talking about this on TFTC. Where'd he go, Car? Is he gone? Oh, wow. No, he's coming back in now. But people hate Trump, but that's what he was trying to do, was engage in this Cold War that we're in. And he he got, coincidentally, we we got a global pandemic that was used politically against him. (laughs) And here we are. We had the Biden administration. Uh... With a president who some would call the big guy who has done deals with China and Russia in the past. Yeah, I agree. He's, they're just going to stand by. I think we did have somebody who was trying to get tough with China and Russia. Yuri Bezmenov, we're under a color revolution. I mean, this is why we have critical race theory. This is why I think this is part of this Cold War that we're in. They try to degrade our culture uh, and, and have us die from the inside with all this infighting. That's part of the war that we're engaged in. Then they do all their things over there. It's a pretty sophisticated attack strategy that's been implemented over the course of decades. Like they, they attacked the university system. They attacked uh, just our welfare system and, and the way our government works. They've successfully centralized power at the federal government level. Um, 
<laughs> it's pretty obvious. They've been successful. I was not expecting to get on this deep yeah, into this I conversation. Yeah, I mean, look, it is an important topic. I just, it is. you know. If people are going to call me some crazy conspiracy theorist. Just fucking look around. I don't right? know. I Do you think we're under I a color like, revolution I, right now? I, I That we're under what? A color revolution in the United States? No. No? Why not? You mean when you say when you say that? So I I cut out there for a little bit. When you say that, you mean like uh, well, like a communist takeover? They're tempted, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And how do they do that? How do they do it in Mao's China? I don't think so. I think it's more fascist than anything. Yeah, I think it's like everybody. a combination of. It's I all the it's same. Like, it's all the same. No, it's, it's somebody it's, tried to call me off for that. It's it like communism. It is, Communism it's completely when, different. Communism, when enacted, is a form of fascism. Like the the no, communist, communist government has to use the corporate structure to enact their strategies. Like no, no, but in communism, the government actually owns the corporations. Yeah. So what? There's no difference. But the government doesn't own our corporations. In a lot of ways, our corporations own the government. Yeah, that's there's true a distinction well. there, and there's there's an oligarchy aspect to it as well. And I just, I really think that, you know, rich people and powerful corporations have an extreme amount of control in this society and that's not going away anytime soon. So maybe people are attempting to do a communist revolution or a socialist revolution, but I don't think they'd be anywhere near successful. I don't know. I think they've been pretty successful at tearing apart the fabric of of our society here in the United States. Um, That's what you do. You, you like this again critical race theory all this binary gender fluidity that is like part of what mao and lenin wanted to do to uh, enact their communist um ways and actually i'm blocked by him on twitter but uh james Lindsay had a really good dissection of this on a re- recent episode of rogan um where you just you can just <laughs> Mao and Lenin did something very similar where you need to create another. You need to erode the cultural values of the society and implement new ones that are collectivist. And that is exactly what's happening. Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe we're having a fascist corporate takeover and that's the fight that we're embroiled in is the fascist versus the communist versus us free. Maybe we're all dueling it out and us freedom lovers. Yeah, I mean, fuck the fascists and the communists. Yeah, maybe those freedom... To be quite frank. Yeah, maybe us freedom lovers are... Are, are losing this battle. It seems that way, at least. Maybe that's oh, the conclusion. I'm, well, we're winning because we have Bitcoin and open source tools and and just tools in general that empower individuals. Yeah. And we have our... Yeah. Um, I've got to get to Houston. I'm getting... I love up. you, Marty. I love you, freaks. I love you, car. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love, all y'all.